Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And this is might be a little draining because we just had the, like a two hours of talking with Hazmat. Ah, <laughs> so cool. That's Matt so cool. Wells from the AM Mayhem. The AM Mayhem. Yes. And, so cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We talk about uh, comics, of course, nerd stuff, the movies, TV shows. Um, and we actually start to cut it close a little bit when we talk about his battle with cancer, lymphoma. Um, I loved how open he got about all of that. Yeah. Very open, very honest. And uh, just uh, had a really great conversation with him. Hope you enjoy it too. Did you enjoy it? I did. Oh my god, yeah. I was in stitches. <laughs> yeah. I a little bit. This one was mainly um, about Cliff and Matt. I I don't uh, read the comics. <laughs> oh, I yeah. couldn't really get a lot of the references, but I really enjoyed um, the way he tells stories and the way mm-hmm. he's so passionate. He really gets into things, and mm-hmm. I thought it was a really special episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What a great guy. I yeah. Feel like we're, we're buddies now. Yeah, you know? right? He's <laughs> just so open and, and warm and welcoming. And yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, anything to talk about? Not really. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's just get into it. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Self-conscious. I know. I don't think you can say that. Yeah. Not like he has a trademark. Yeah. yeah. But um, what have we? How have we done the last couple of times? Here we go, here we go, or something like that. <laughs> so uh, I guess without further ado, here we go. <laughs> One, two, three, four. studio and there's just an infinite number of pots and you're uh-huh. like i have no idea what these do <laughs> and then someone tells you really the secret is just these three that are the microphone you're like got it yeah. that's all like i worked on those i had to lug it around every time we did a recording because oh, no. we didn't have any kind of a set studio i did a podcast for about 200 episodes with a group of friends oh fun that it was super fun um we did like it was just like all nerd stuff just anything and everything Movie reviews, all that stuff. I mean, that's the only reason I know when it started is because we did, first episode was 369. Yeah, March 6th of 2009 because that 369 was also like the big play up for the, the Watchmen movie okay. because yeah, it was the yeah. face of the clock, the 369. So, uh-huh. yeah. Nice. And that was what your first episode was about? Yeah. Did you guys talk about it? was a movie nice. review. And since then it was like all... We divide the show up because it was so such a long show. It was, all, it was like every episode was about two hours. Mm-hmm. Like for an hour, we would talk about um, comic books, anything new, yeah. comic book wise. Mm-hmm. And then the second half would be the other thing, whatever that was. Sometimes <laughs> it would be movies. Sometimes it would be like tabletop games, all that kind of stuff. So fun. We kind of talked about that, yeah, doing like a show review or something. Yeah, yeah. Review. I was thinking of uh, crashing. You ever watch Crashing on HBO? Really fun. I have not watched it. I okay. know of it because I think Pete Holmes is hysterical, but yeah. I haven't yes. I haven't been able to watch it yet. Oh, I'm yeah. a big Pete Holmes fan. We both yeah. are. Yeah. 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 Like you made it weird and all that? Yes. Absolutely. Obsessed. Yes. Obsessed. Just that, always that one point where he's like, okay. 
<laughs> now we're gonna we're like he very clearly knows like now we earn the title. Yes. Okay. We are oh, anything else rules wise I should know? What? Rules wise. Rules? Oh, there are no rules. No rules? No rules. <laughs> I can make with the swears. Yeah. Whoa, really? Okay. If you wish. No. I, I generally don't I can't now with a microphone in front of me. I can't. I've been oh, trained. Oh yeah. But every now and then. <laughs> Does it happen? Do you find like it slips out? Yeah. You know, yeah. like it used to be where I would, like anybody else, it would just naturally be one of those things that happens, you swear. Mm -hmm. And then over so many years, I just realized that this year makes 18 years on the radio for me, which wow. I, Dude, blows my mind. That's yeah, amazing. blows my mind. And so now it actually feels weird. Like there are all those uh, studies that come out. People who swear are <laughs> smarter and truer friends and they're being honest. And I'm uh -huh. like, I almost can't now sometimes. Yeah. Like if I'm really just level, like I'm, I'm in my car mm -hmm. and I know I'm not being recorded and I'm sitting there with a friend, I was like, okay, I can let an F-bomb out. Yeah. <laughs> but anytime, any public situations, like if I swear now, I almost sound like I'm taking on a character, like, did you know of the F-word? <laughs> like, just like, like, it sounds so, it's such a disingenuous fuck. Mm. Like it's a <laughs> Uh, that was that was my first time. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Wow. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of getting weird, um, sorry, I'm sharing the uh, doing our promotion. Yeah, we're live. Did I say that? Oh, we are. We are. We are live now. Look, Hello, guys. world. Yes. It's Hazmat. Yes. Ah! We're so excited. Thank you so much for coming. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> Anytime I can just ramble and talk. That's. <laughs> And your whole job is like, hey, sit in front of that microphone and talk a lot. And then someone's like, hey, you want to come on our microphone and talk a lot? And for some reason, you're just like, yes, that yes. is exactly what I want to do. Well, I love like it. That. I love it. Some yeah. people would be like, oh, I do that all day for work. And so I don't want to do that on my free time. Yeah. But it seems like you really enjoy and you're passionate about yes. conversing mm -hmm. and yeah. being part of something. Yeah. Just anything where if I can get on a topic, especially where I know anything about it, yes. <laughs> I can fake like I know what I'm talking about or just have fun with it. That's what I like. Because here's the weird part. And I think this is why it's such a such a draw for me still, is that on my my regular show, can I do a plug real quick? Of course. Please. Alt 105.9, every weekday morning, 5 to 10 a.m., the a.m. mayhem. I'm hazmat. So, yeah, uh, the interesting thing about that show is that it's just me. And there's, an, there's a weird thing, I'm sure you guys have felt this, like if you've ever like done one of these recordings and you're just talking, you don't have any immediate feedback right. in any way. Yeah. Like public speaking, you get immediate feedback. A mm -hmm. comedian knows as soon as they're bombing. Right. Mm -hmm. A public speaker of any kind knows if they're connecting with the audience immediately. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you're on the radio, you're just, sometimes I'll even call it, you're just yelling into the tin can. Uh -huh. So that's all it is. <laughs> so it's like... I work better in a conversation. That's what I really enjoy. So for something like this, it's like, hey, come talk to us. Like, all right. Nice. Of course, now here I am just bombarding and taking over the conversation. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's Someone great. say something. I'm freaking Perfect. out. No, you're We've awesome. got levels. Oh, no, oh I'm, am I peaking? That was great. No, 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 I'm no. probably no, peaking. No, no. I'm just making sure everything is great. And everything is great. So, uh, yeah. So you've been in radio for 18, 19 years, you say? 18. 18. Uh, Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Marks 18 years since I first started doing anything radio. Nice. I don't know exactly when I started getting on the air. Okay. But it was within a couple of months of that, actually. Nice. So That was when yeah. you started writing copy? Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I was originally brought in to do promotions. 
That's what most people in radio are brought into or were brought in to do. Mm-hmm. There's hardly any interns in radio anymore, and that's mm-hmm. part of the death of the industry. Mark my words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, whether I would, I came in and just was an intern. It was volunteers, free work, just so that you could actually learn how to do everything. Mm-hmm. But I had taken a class at HPU uh, where I went to where I went to university, and my professor said, "If you can write radio copy for sales." They will find a way to pay you. Ah. So that started to happen. It would never happen now. Yeah, yeah it, it does not happen now. Yeah. But if a salesperson is like, I need this copy now. I have all of these clients. I don't have time to write this copy. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I was like, let me give it a shot. And they're like, you're an intern. I don't trust you. <laughs> Rightfully so. And, but they're like, hey, if you at least start it, all I have to do is edit it. That's way easier. So they're sure. like, here, take it. So I write it up, give it back to them, and they're like, I don't need to change this. Because, uh. I mean, I actually was go. I didn't go to school for radio. I went to school uh-huh. to write. Okay. So that's what I was practicing with. This is just another type of doing that. And mm-hmm. so they were like, oh, I don't have to change this. Hey, thanks for that. Here's a little scratch for you. Ah. So I started to get paid. Like, the word got around the salespeople. They'd slide me a little something to make mm-hmm. sure that their stuff got written as soon as possible. Nice. The bosses eventually found out, and they're like, it would be cheaper if we just put them on the payroll. <laughs> and lo and behold, I got a career in radio. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. Flash forward, you have your own show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, wow. Which is so weird, because when they finally brought me on again, it was to do all the commercial work. That, would be, that was it. So once it's like, okay, you've written, the, you've written the copy. Now you should find out how to record it. Okay, now you should know how to edit it. The last thing that they, were, that they ever did was like, here, let's put a mic in front of you. Mm. Now, like I said, it was only a few months, really, but that was because I kind of lucked out. People in front of me were either getting out of the way uh-huh. mm. or just were n- in need of something. Okay. And that's pretty much all that was. All right. Tried to be opportunistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, what kind of writing? I can only assume creative. <coughs> um, oh, that I went to school for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was hoping for. Okay. I, I would like to fancy myself a writer, but I really don't know if I am. Yeah, it's be fancy. Uh, yeah. This is, so, that, so that's just it. I always kind of had this thing in my life where it's like, I grew up, I read everything, as like everything. Mm. My big thing were fantasy novels mm. and comic books. Okay. And those were, those were my two kings. So I was like all right, I really want to write something along these lines. Mm -hmm. But then I would try to write anything fiction-wise, and I was like, I can do it, Mm -hmm. but that's not what I'm really getting. So I was just like, all right, so just try writing something, anything. Mm -hmm. And so what I started doing is writing, like, what ended up feeling and looking and reading, like, journal posts. Okay. And I really didn't know what to make of it. I was like, no one's going to want this. This is just me babbling around and then i was like well maybe if i change this it would be something more like stand-up comedy oh but and so i always had this massive respect for comedians Uh to this day Mm. um so i was like okay maybe it's something along those lines but not everything that i'm writing is super funny Mm. and then i started to find writers like dave barry Uh do you know you know dave barry Mm -hmm. okay he's hysterical He's a star- he had a very, well, there was a sitcom based on him for a very short period of time starring Harry Anderson from Night Court. <laughs> anyway, he writes for the Miami Herald, I think is his home base, but mm-hmm. he syndicated. And the dude's just hysterical. He has a way of writing where it's just the world from his point of view. And I was like, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. But there's also that when all you see is the top of the mountain, you're like, how do the hell right. do I stand out Absolutely. in that? So it's always this thing of give and take. Mm-hmm. And so what's always kind of fascinated me was I found little bits of outlet in that with radio. 
cool. Because when I was coming up at that when I was coming up at that time, I guess the internet was there, uh-huh. but it wasn't prolific in social media and everybody has a website that right. it is right. now. So I was like, right, right, right. how do I just make something? Mm-hmm. And it just became like, okay, all of these little ridiculous things that I want to talk about, I'll just say it instead of writing it down. <laughs> I, I guess I'll just say it and whatever happens, happens. And that's radio. Nice. So you just like and cross my fingers and hope. Was that a, a college station then? Or like, was it one of the, no, it was one of the big ones around here. Nice. I can tell you what it is because <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Oh. <laughs> well, it kind of doesn't exist anymore. It was a uh, 97.5 K-Poy. Okay. Uh, if anybody out there is familiar with it, it was it was heritage for a good long time. Yeah. It was, you know, it went through so many different iterations. I got there right at the tail end of the peak grunge movement. Like I started in 2001. Okay. So it was a peak, it was kind of the end of all that kind of stuff. It was you know, once upon a time, we were the greatest. And now it's like, <laughs> Hawaii is, I love you, Hawaii, but it's not the greatest bastion of fandom for rock music mm. and alternative music. It just isn't. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. No, nothing big about that. Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's like, okay, I, um, I don't know where I fit in, but I, I was able to find a place. Mm. That's where I'd end up. And eventually, like, sales, conglomerations, all that kind of stuff. Sure. 97.5 got sold off, but the Heritage Letters, KPOI, also got sold off. So I bounced around station to station. I'm actually now back at KPOI. That's what Alt 1059 is, so I'm, I'm kind of stoked about that. That's yeah. neat. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I want to talk about it. <laughs> Avengers. Have you oh, seen are it? we jumping straight into that? Okay. I was like wondering how long is it going to take before Endgame comes up? <laughs> I can go yes. on. Well, let's let's go back to the beginning. So, Iron Man was that two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, it was two thousand eight. Okay, one of my top five favorite movies. Really, for First sure. Iron Man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was surprised. That I I saw it again. It was rerunning this past weekend on USA or something like mm-hmm. that. And I hadn't. And I realized I hadn't sat down and watched the whole movie through in a long time. Yeah. So I'm watching it, and it hits that point at the end, like the first time you're introduced to a post credit scene, uh-huh. and it was just so. That alone, it is so taken for granted now. Yes. That that's yeah. a thing. And it was, it's First weird. It's like you're watching it. It's like, no, this was kind of revolutionary for its time. I mean, they've mm-hmm. done it. Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah. did that whole thing <laughs> in the show. Like, I get it. I get it. Uh-huh. But this one, and then just Samuel L. Jackson, he says, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. I was like, I felt this little like warm rush that yeah. goes down yeah. the back of your uh-huh. spine. I was just like. I remember that feeling when yeah. I was sitting in the theater and I watched that. I think I literally stood up and cheered. <laughs> <laughs> because awesome. just the concept of that is so outlandishly weird. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course <laughs> this should happen. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I hijacked. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't even have the question. Just like Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. Everything about that movie should not have happened. Mm. Like, I, I think it was, th- they wanted John Favreau to do it. Yeah. but And play they, Iron Man? No, no, no. no. Direct to, to, to direct okay. and, like, okay. oversee a creative and that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and it was Favreau that was like, let's do, let's give it to Robert Downey Jr. Mm. And from what I, like, and I might be oh, talking cool. out of school. But they basically were like, no. Huh. Like, why would we do, like, this, you know. Yeah. He hadn't had really any bad. kind of a comeback. This right. is the comeback, right? Yeah, so he was yeah. just like. He's one of those Hollywood stories where it's like it's he's impossible to ensure. Mm-hmm. He's known for drugs and jail. Uh-huh. We, we can't really know. Yeah, mm-hmm. he fought for him, mm-hmm. and voila. 
Yeah. Like, like how, how, how perfect and inspired of a choice was that? Absolutely. Yeah. So the he's fact that it was Tony that, Stark, he's yeah. like the perfect, you know, the <laughs> attitude, everything. Yeah. He, I, and he, that obviously was the first time where they looked at it and they were like, holy crap, this makes more sense than the comic books. Mm. They changed wow. the comic books to match that. Yeah. They've, yeah. And they've done that with almost every single character since. Mm-hmm. So the comf, what is the difference in the comic book? He's more timid. Everyone hated yes. Tony Stark. <laughs> oh, really? I wasn't a fan of his comics at all. Yeah, he, for a long it. time, he was the guy that was like, they're never going to give up the IP, so they always have to make an Iron Man thing. But he <laughs> I, he wasn't like, he wasn't the guy that everyone was like, hey. And mm-hmm. then they very purposely turned him, it's like, he has a valid point of view, and he's liked well enough. Mm. Well, what if we make him the unlikable half of <laughs> Civil War? Ah, In the comic books, that's see. what was going on before. Yeah. Like They were like, okay, yeah. it really is Captain America. Interesting. And yeah, the, the weird part was is that you would think that their positions would be flipped. Because mm. Captain like, but... The, oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, you, you would think that, because, you know, Tony Stark is all about, like, flaunting the mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, he was the one that was like, no, uh, superheroes need to be regulated. Mm-hmm. So it was this weird kind of thing. And because of that stance, it was like, no, everybody hated him. Yeah. Everybody, like, hated him. And the fact that th- th- he was given any validity because he got the most likable superhero on his side, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then Spider-Man was even like, I was wrong. And then he switched yeah. back over to, uh, over to Captain America's side. Mm-hmm. It was this whole big crazy thing. So people, like, there was a huge swath of the community that hated Iron Man. <laughs> and there was other things that they really did that... Um, I'm surprised that the movies haven't touched on yet, especially mm. considering Robert Downey Jr. Now, this, again, this is me talking out of school, and it's not my place, whatever. But <laughs> predictions? No, 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 not no? not predictions. Because oh, okay. I, I, as far as I know, Stuff he's essentially over. done with it. Yeah. But um, one of the biggest arcs for Iron Man in the comics was always the fact that he was a raging alcoholic, mm. and they hinted at it a little bit mm-hmm. in like part two, right. where he gets all drunk at the party and they can't calm him down, that kind of a thing. So people were thinking, oh, this is going to be the direction that they go. And RDJ could add some gravitas to that, right? Totally. I guess they didn't go in that direction. Totally fine. Not necessary. (laughs) But are we going into predictions? I mean, because we could do that about every single one of the characters (laughs) and the actors and all of it. Predictions, though, straight into Endgame. Mm. Um, I think there's a very good chance that Robert Downey Jr. will die. Mm. Pardon me. Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. is not going to die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, doing press right now. So. Tony, Tony Stark. Tony Stark, Iron Man, as you know him, I, mm-hmm. I think will probably die. Mm. Um, I feel like that this is supposed to be a capper for a lot of these characters. Sure. Um, the one thing that always came up, like, was that um, Iron or Tony Stark was, he was not suitable for the Avengers program. He was oh, not yeah. suitable for the Avengers. But when he finally was part of the Avengers in the first Avengers movie, uh, Captain America's like, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. And then uh-huh. he does make the sacrifice play by right. flying up with the nuke and into the Chitari shit. And, <laughs> and Cap's like, close it up. Yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> all right, well, he proved me wrong, but then he never let it go to the other movies. Like, yeah. remember when I was a hero? Um, so there's always that thing of like, well, he's going to keep making the sacrifice play because he's still proving himself. Mm. Because everything that he sees, all of the future stuff from Age of Ultron, oh, everything yeah, yeah. is always, he thinks that he's responsible because even though now, going backwards, uh, Captain America was a hero before mm-hmm. before uh, Iron Man was. Yeah. Um, I think technically the Hulk came around before him in the uh, before him in the timeline. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and uh, obviously Captain Marvel came around earlier in the timeline. But... He still is the one that's the face, the first yeah. 
of the modern era, so he takes it all on himself. Yeah. I think he's probably going to die. Mm. And I think the way they're going to get around it to leave it open for, so that Robert Downey Jr. does not have to be like pushing into his 60s and still have to be <laughs> ripped and look like right. he's 40 yeah. um, is probably going to be the fact that um, they will take a page from the comic book. He will die and he will become the new Jarvis. His oh. mind or whatever will be the new Jarvis because there's no Jarvis now because yeah. that became the vision. Yeah. So I think that's what's going to happen for him. Huh. I yeah. like that. I thought you were going to go like a Batman Beyond thing and like. I would love it if that was the case. That would be super cool. (laughs) Also, they need to make a Batman Beyond movie. Absolutely. They need to bring back Michael Keaton as the old man Batman. Yes. Yes, I've seen this. That's that's a meme that's been going around for a while Uh and that needs to be true. Oh, that would be amazing. It really needs to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Start that petition, people. (laughs) (laughs) See, other characters, I want to believe that Steve Rogers is going to come around, but I think Mm. he might end up taking on a completely different position it might it might go something like um because of the because of the stones we don't know what's going to happen right anything could happen mess up from time travel to soul alteration reality all that kind of stuff yeah he might end up reverting to being an old man yeah he might or he might step into an emeritus type of position where mm-hmm. it's like if something happens like nick fury dies mm-hmm. he might become the new leader of shield Ooh. i think that is all possible but it would be a way for him to step out yeah Thor will need to either fully take on the throne mm. because that's an issue that I have with Ragnarok moving into end, into uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Is that the whole point was uh, like when Hela in, in Ragnarok, where Hela's mm. got him like bent over the thing and she's ready to kill him. She's like, I'm the goddess of death. What are you the god of again? Uh-huh. And then he's just like, yeah. blows everything up. It's uh-huh. like, he, I don't even think he fully has embraced it, even with the new weapon and everything mm. like that. He's the new Odin. I mean, very obviously with the loss of the eye and everything, he is the new Odin. Mm -hmm. He's the new All-Father. He's not the god of of thunder anymore. He's Mm. the god of everything he wants to be. Uh He is the lightning. He is the thunder. He is the force of nature. And every now and then you see that, like in the end of Ragnarok, where he's just like, all right, everyone, boom, and just starts leveling things. Uh When he shows up amongst uh, all of the the Black Order and all their Mm -hmm. troops, he starts laying ways to him. It's like, mm. he is that guy now. And mm. he hasn't mentioned it, and he hasn't really embraced it yet. Yeah. I think when he does, I think he has no choice. He either goes off and he's like, all right, I'm going to be the king of Asgard now. Mm. Or he completes Ragnarok. Oh. Which means the rest of them die. And the way that mythology works, any level of gods, mm. Norse or otherwise, is as soon as they all die, they all get reborn. Hmm. Lo and behold, give it about five to ten years, and we'll see another young actor take on Thor. Okay. I think that's what will happen. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm totally spitballing all these (laughs) ideas. Uh, So what are the... Those are the big three. Yeah. Hawkeye and Black Widow, they will do their own things. Black Widow's Mm -hmm. already getting her own movie, so we know that's going to be pretty cool. Whoa, news to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. And... David Harbour's in talks to oh, be in yeah. the movie, so I'm super stoked that Hellboy is going to be in Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, that's There's cool. one thing I, I wanted that. to ask. Um, mm. Did you see the new footage that came out today? I purposely have not watched it. Oh, okay. Because this is a very weird thing, is that I immediately start coming up with all the theories of like, okay, I'm watching the trailer. I've seen all the movies up until this point. Because here's the thing. They already have my money. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to lose out. <laughs> yeah. Like like they're getting my twenty dollars or uh-huh. whatever it is, yeah. no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
So the only thing I can do is lessen the experience the more stuff I watch in advance. Mm. So I will watch trailers or I will do stuff like that. But if they say, like, theories on it, maybe I'll read it. But if they say, new footage reveal, nope, I don't need Uh, that. I don't need that. Uh. So I'm not in, like, a super rush to get certain things. Mm Mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna see it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I might, I might as well, I might as well just be like totally just sitting there, like, <gasps> which is exactly <laughs> what's happened to like the last three or four movies. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man: Far From Home. As well. Oh yeah, Mysterio. That, well, that's the big one. That well, that one keeps going. Like, oh my God, Jake Gyllenhaal's gonna be this, and mm-hmm. he's. I guess he, they're setting him up to be kind of the hero, and it's like, no. Mm. <laughs> Everybody knows that that's Mysterio, mm-hmm. and the fact that they haven't given a name to the villains, they just call them the Elementals. Oh so yeah, the water thing and the fire thing. Uh-huh. It seems really obvious. I'm hoping there's an additional twist, but I don't care. I'm st- like I said, I'm still going to watch it. Sure. Mysterio is going to be revealed. Like he is behind it. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's creating the fire guy and the water guy and making everyone yeah. believe. Oh, I'm the hero to stop him. Mm-hmm. Nah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> Has yes. to be. Absolutely, to be. of course. That was a one thing that I actually kind of missed about the Andrew Garfield version of mm. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So many weird things. I think Tom Holland finally has both of them. I thought Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man. Absolutely. I think Tom Holland's excellent at both. Yes. But the Andrew Garfield one, they were very clearly setting up a Sinister Six. Oh, yeah, at the end of I want Spider-Man that so bad. Mm. Especially now that we have, like, if they can keep Keaton going, yeah. I want as him as the vulture again. Uh-huh. He was so good. Yeah. That character is goofy AF uh-huh. in the books. But <laughs> like that that is so so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had the the shocker. And <laughs> Yep. Uh, <laughs> what a mort. I love it. I love it. Anytime they get a, they get a, a mort as a, and they make him an actual threat. Yeah. A mort, I don't know. Is, is this old term that used to be in um Wizard magazine? If you remember that, the old comic I remember book magazine? magazine. Yes. Yeah, they used to have this feature called Mort of the Month. We were just talking about this the other day at the comic book store. Because, yes, I go and I hang out and I talk comic theory all the time. Real deal. <laughs> <laughs> but we were sitting there and it's like, one of the funniest ones I remember is that they go and they find these characters that are just god-awful. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, this is real. This isn't us like... <laughs> This isn't like like we all ate some edibles and then found yeah. out, hey, the, we created the dumbest thing we could think of. No, these are all real characters mm-hmm. that got past publishing and editors. Like, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And there, there are characters like my favorite example is this one, a Marvel character. He was a villain and he was the size and shape of a, of a really tall, really muscular man. But he looked like a baboon. Uh-huh. He had a tail, he, he had fur, and he had a big baboon face, or technically that of a mandrill. Mm. And that's what he was called, the mandrill. <laughs> and imagine um, a friend of mine put it, like, looked at it, and he's like, okay, it's Doctor Strange's outfit, but instead of full pants, just give him like those hot pants like Wonder Woman wears. <laughs> now, it doesn't stop there. This is a villain, mind you. So okay. this is his power set. He can control pheromone releases, oh. which means that he can cast spells essentially spells of persuasion on people Mm -hmm. and they want to follow him, but Mm -hmm. it only works on women. (laughs) And again, I would like to remind you that this guy's name is Mandrill. If this is not so bad. Now here, now exactly where your Uh. mind is going, it never goes. 
Uh, okay. So you think that there would be like, okay, the path of least resistance is this guy who's like ugly as sin, mm-hmm. with a bright red butt face. You think he'd be like, <laughs> I can make women kind of like me? Rad. Okay. I think I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's horrible, but all right. Nope. His thing was like, so I will create an army of women to overthrow governments and rule the world. That was oh. his thing. And I was like, this guy <laughs> is the absolute dumbest. What a mort. <laughs> exactly. The mort of the month. Uh, I love that. I makes love me that. think of um, the purple man, Kilgrave. Jessica he was Jones. stupid, but mm. in the Jessica Jones Netflix series, uh-huh. awesome. Yeah. So good. So good. Did you um, read the series? What that he was in? Which one? I don't he's know. He's been in many of them, and he's normally stupid. Okay, but he does have that ability. I mean, he can change everyone's mind and re- like mm-hmm. warp reality or yeah. minds around him. Uh-huh. He's super powerful. Okay, so it depends on the writer. Gotcha. So sometimes he's played up, and he is truly as terrifying as he should be. You read something that's his that's like Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. And then there's some where he's like, here's original where you're like, okay. yeah, he's, he's the purple man. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Kilgrave isn't that a little on the nose? But yeah, Jessica Jones, <laughs> amazing. I loved all of the Netflix ones, mm. even Iron Fist. <laughs> Go ahead and at me. I, I don't even care. I have a soft spot for Iron Fist. It doesn't matter. Mm. I, I, yeah, everything about that was, was goofy. Was, parts of it were pretty bad, but mm. I still loved it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, haven't never gotten to Iron Fist. Never had uh, the time to watch. I think we watched my wife and I the first one or two episodes of De- Defenders, and that's it. I think. I mean, I know everything leading up to that. So, like first two seasons of Daredevil, um, then first season of Jessica Jones. The second one is out now, right? Yes. And there's a third one. Of uh, Jessica Jones? No. Okay. So, because everything's now been officially Every, yeah, canceled. Yeah. Really horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Re- yeah, I don't. I don't recall the exact order for all of them. Mm-hmm. But I do remember going through, and I was like, I watched Daredevil, and I was like, this is so that scary was amazing. Good. Yeah. And then I watched um, Jessica Jones first series, and I was like, this is so scary good. Uh-huh. Then I watched uh, Luke Cage. Luke I was Cage. like, how does this keep getting better? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Iron Fist. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went back, and then, was, and then by the time all that happened, then I watched Daredevil the second season, and I was like, mm. "Oh my god!" And then I go into Defenders, and I was like, "All right, all of these characters are so freaking cool." Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it came on the on the screen and it showed all these characters, I was like, "No, it's mm. it's Daredevil hands down." Ah. The I I was so taken with that just because oh. the way they set that show up mm-hmm. and the the actor I keep forgetting his name Charlie, Charlie Co- no, Cox. It's not Cox. Yes. I be- it is. Well, that's 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 another actor. Is it? I think. Tra- or maybe I'm thinking Brian Cox. Maybe it is Charlie Cox. I think it is. Sue Cox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that one sit for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Bump. No. Um, but he, like, he is so good at it. Uh-huh. And then the writing for that character is so good there. It's just like hands down. Because they even brought that up. It was like, you know, everybody else here has a superpower except mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, how the hell are you the leader? And you're like, look at this man. Yeah. He is freaking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. Did you see that movie he was in? I can't think of it now. It's not Enchanted. That's the Disney one. It's the one with him and um, the fantasy movie based off <coughs> a Neil Gaiman book um, with the star. And it's not. Stardust? Yes. 
Okay. Did you ever see Stardust? I have not. I'm oh familiar my God, with, it's so I'm familiar good. with I'm familiar with Neil Gaiman stuff. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one, unfortunately. It is. It's I'm also really looking forward to Good Omens when that hits. Oh my God! Just, yeah. Yes, that looks amazing. Yep, yep, yep. But um, Charlie Cox, I guess, um, is the lead in Stardust, oh, and yeah? once I realized that watching Daredevil, I was like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Yeah, because he is like the opposite. He goes from like you know a bumbling. English boy wanting to mm-hmm. get like the hot girl in town to you know heroic haha swashbuckling thing. right right yeah y'all should watch Stardust okay Stardust it's okay wonderful anything from Neil Gaiman though I'll watch that yeah yeah American Gods that's another one oh, I haven't seen, seen that no that All was right. my first novel I think I read of his I read through Sandman first. Was it first? Yeah. I thought the same, a friend of mine had all the graphic novels, and I was able to just, like, binge them. And then American How Gods. old were you? i got to ask that question. How old were you when you read Sandman? 26, 27. Okay, you're almost pushing the uh, the upper end of it. Yeah? Cause, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those books where it's like, unless you read it in the 90s, oh, and yeah. were, like, fully just entrenched in that kind of... Like, when is Hot Topic going to open? Kind of <laughs> like, like ideals, that, that just that grunge, that like, oh, I've got so sure. much ninth grade poetry inside of me. <laughs> you know, unless you're like t- totally steepled in that, mm-hmm. it is a much harder read when you, as you get older. Hmm. There's two series like that that I love. I love Sandman, and hmm. I have forgotten most of it. I have to go back and reread it. It's amazing. And I, I, I've reread about half of it or so, uh-huh. and I love it. And I can read it, but there are parts of it where I'm like, you need to stop whining and do some shit. Yeah. That's the that's the part that kills me is that mm. it's an entire book that's so philosophical and about a guy that is a super, like an eternal being mm-hmm. who is completely broken down by analysis paralysis. <laughs> he's like, he's got so many options that he's just like, huh. I don't know. And it takes like death to walk in because death is his sister and yeah. just be like, snap <laughs> out of it. Yeah. One of the greatest lines in existence is from death. And it's the, it's the line that she said, I think it's in volume two of Sandman, mm. where um, this guy is like, is she's ferrying this guy off. Mm. And he's like, wait a minute, that's it? I just, I'm just going? Like, I'm just dead? There's no, like, light? There's no, there's nothing? And, and he's like, what, what, do, what do I, what's the point? Like, he's just questioning everything. Mm. And he's like, why don't I have more? Something like that. He just <laughs> can't understand it. And she just looks at him and she's just got... She's very nice. That's the amazing part about yeah. death is that she's just this really nice, like your best friend type, mm-hmm. type sweet yeah. person. And she just happens to look like a goth kid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> with the with the eye makeup and the onk necklace and everything. Yes. And, she, and she just says, you get what anyone gets. You get a lifetime. Mm. And it's this absolutely beautiful, like, quick line. And mm. it's, it is the one of the greatest lines ever written. <laughs> it's my absolute favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I'd read that when it came out, I would have not gotten through like the first, probably first or second issue, because that's around the time Nightmare starts up, right? Mm. Um, and I was, I would have thought it was you know evil, demonic, whatever. I grew up in the church; I was kind of um, right, right. Uh, sheltered. Although <laughs> high school, I started like getting into my own stuff, but that would have been like no. So like, yeah, mid twenties, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going through a lot of stuff, and uh, it was perfect. Yeah, again, I, I, you I, have to be at a certain mindset mm, for that one. The mm. other one would be um, Trans Metropolitan. Oh, I've heard Read of that this. one. Yes. You need to be super jaded and disillusioned. So again, <laughs> that like late, out of that. late teens <laughs> to about mid twenties is uh-huh. absolutely perfect for that series. Okay. Everything now you look back on and you just go, that's not that bad. 
<laughs> and like, you're, now you're like, okay, that part's still pretty messed up, but the rest mm. of it, you deal. Mm. Like, and you think it's that horrible feeling that you're like, oh, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, those would be the two big ones. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, you should read them too. I know. I'm taking too. notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I loved about Sandman that actually um, towards the end, I think, when it started becoming more about story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, telling stories, storytelling, uh, all that stuff. Uh, that's what really inspired me to get into writing. Yeah, at, at that point, because I, I think that I haven't read anything about this. I'm sure there's plenty of things where he talks about it, but that's I think that's Neil Gaiman's whole thing is that mm-hmm. he was like, "Hey, I'm just going to basically turn my own personal creative journal uh-huh. into this fictional. Like this guy's huh. going through some stuff. I don't know, but that's really the sense that I get from it. Interesting. But Neil Gaiman is just a fantastic writer, so I have no idea. And I don't, again, I'm not speaking for the guy. That's just the impression that I get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they went through a little Neil Gaiman, uh, Neil Gaiman obsession, reading American Gods, and then Neverwhere, and then found Neverwhere out Neverwhere was so good. Yeah, then finding really out there was that. a BBC version of Neverwhere. So not good. No, wait, what? Okay, no, it was it was it was fine. It was, it was fine. <laughs> definitely <laughs> story over um, production value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's true of a lot of British entertainment from mm. yesteryear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I could totally jump backwards for a oh, second. Of course. Um, my big thing, that, and, I've, and I've talked about this on a couple other things as well. My big theory and hope for Endgame, mm. and I know it yes. won't happen. I know it won't happen. <laughs> because they've already gone through the thing where it's, it's an Agent Coulson thing. Uh. Now, so as we all know, the first Avengers movie, Agent Coulson dies. Mm-hmm. Then, episode one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, on ABC, mm-hmm. he is back to life. And they deal that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the last season that's aired as of right now, he actually does go to Tahiti and dies. Oh. That's, it happens off camera. It happens mm. theoretically after the, the show wraps and all that, that kind of a thing. Okay. But he is coming back for the next season, or at least Clark Gregg is. So this next guy that's coming in is either, for all accounts that I can figure, a life model decoy or a scroll. Mm. So that's or, or it's been a scroll up until now because uh-huh. in the Captain Marvel movie, right. he does get copied once. Mm-hmm. Granted, that guy dies, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I really don't know, but here's what I want in my heart of hearts. Again, so I don't think this is gonna happen. But <laughs> the whole point where the Avengers come together in the first Avengers movie is because he dies. Mm. They need that galvanizing point. Right. And Coulson even says that as he's dying, they needed a reason. Mm. And then Nick Fury does that whole thing with the bloody playing oh, cards yeah. where he's like, boom, guess he never got a chance to hand these to you. Uh-huh. Like really nail home the guilt because he's a spy and an ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Now there is something very, very particular to the Avengers that they have very pointedly not done in the movies yet. And that is whenever there's a big fight, mm-hmm. whenever there is a big reason for the team to do something as a team, mm-hmm. you have Captain America at the forefront or whoever the leader is. So it should be Captain America usually. Mm-hmm. And he says, Avengers assemble. Right. That is the big thing. That is yes. the rallying cry. They almost do it at the age of Ultron at mm-hmm. the very end when he gathers the new team together. Right. And he steps up and, and he and Black Widow are standing there and he's like, all right, well, let's make him a team. And he steps up and he says, Avengers, and he does that like he's that about to say cheap. assemble, and it just goes black. Yeah, right. Like so you feel like, Ugh. but at the same time, I didn't feel cheated by it mm. because I'm like, nope, 
This needs to happen when they're all together. You think they will? That I 100% believe they will. Hmm. That I actually do believe happen. Okay. And I do believe it'll cap. It'll be Captain America that says it. I don't think it should be Captain America that says that. Oh. I think it should be Coulson. Oh. If he's the one that died that brought them all together, he need. They need to find out that he's like. He needs to come back in some way. He needs to be the one that steps up and says, Avengers assemble. Mm. He doesn't have to say it as a rallying cry. Mm-hmm. He just needs to put the call out. And when it's him and everyone's listening to him, he just says, Avengers assemble. Mm. On, he needs to be the first person to say those two words together. Yeah. I want that more than anything. <laughs> I don't believe it'll happen. <laughs> but for circular storytelling, it yes. is ingrained in me that I need that. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm prepping myself for the disappointment of that not happening, mm. but I still want it to happen. Okay. <laughs> I really want to talk to you about the, the footage I saw this morning, but I don't want to... No, no, go for it. Go for it. Well, okay. Like you were talking about like Captain America changing. So like this is, and they like the, the Russos. Oh, Kevin Feige said like all, any footage that is shown promotional or otherwise is from the first 15 to 20 minutes of the film. Oh, okay, good. So So it's still seven years of film after that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like it starts off there. They're in that, that room that we see uh, in the the trailers where they're all just kind of talking or whatever. At the end of the the last trailer where Thor brings Stormbreaker and Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel's like, I like this one. Um, It's like right before that, it leads up to that moment. Um, They've got like their global (laughs) monitoring system and uh, Black Widow is like looking, analyzing it. And she says, first thing she says is he's used the stones again. Interesting. Like, what? <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, and uh, because talk- I really want them to go out of their way to make Thanos a villain in this next one. Well, I've heard that they're supposed to be a, a bigger villain. Or yeah, I believe that. I, b- I believe that because at the end, at the end of the first movie, he doesn't really have much going on. Yeah. It was a weird thing to set up in the comic books, and they set it up at the end of the first Avengers movie too. Mm. His whole thing is that he wants to kill as many people as he can mm-hmm. while it making an impact. Mm-hmm. Like he's not looking to cull all life, at least at that point in mm-hmm. the original comic book version. Mm-hmm. Um, he kills off half of everyone because he's trying to impress death. Yes. And death is a skull <laughs> in a robe, but with like a hot lady body. Yes. Like, I don't get that. <laughs> like Neil Gaiman's version, but really creepy and yes. bad. Um, <laughs> so that's his whole thing. He is literally romantically in love with the embodiment of death. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he's going to do this to try and impress her. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, she's never impressed. Right. Why would she be? Mm-hmm. He's death. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And so he understands that at the end of it, the only thing that will ever impress death, the only thing death ever wants from him, is for him to die too. Mm-hmm. She wants everything to die. That's the purpose of everything that lives. Mm-hmm. And he can't die. In the comic books, that's the whole part. He huh. can't die. Yeah, but he's an asshole. He, like, do you, yes, th- there, there is something very poetic about that. And you're like, oh, man, but he's a dick. Who cares? But, but in the movie, they set him up where, yes, he does cold things like murder Gamera. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. He is, he is a bad dude. Mm-hmm. But there is this part of it where he's like a twisted logic, that whole twisted logic of like, yeah. no, this is how you help everything. Mm-hmm. That's like, balance. okay, I get that. And then the, his whole point is like, I want to watch the sunrise over a peaceful universe. And you're like, and this is the thing. And again, I've used this line before. Um, my girlfriend has a YouTube channel and I've said it on when we talked about it on this, but it was, it's like, dude wants to like retire. Mm. That's it. 
He wants to have a comfortable <laughs> retirement where he doesn't have to say, get off my lawn because half the people are gone. He's like, you know, that's yeah. all he wants is to basically kick back. And he does that mm. at the end of at the end of Infinity Wars. He is literally sitting in a nice little house yeah. looking out over a sunrise. And he's just like, nice day. Mm. That's it. Hmm. And if he was really unbiased in the way he did things, I don't know if he actually was. <laughs> when that snap happened... That's 50-50 random as far as who's going. Right. So how would he know that he would live mm-hmm. unless he did it biased? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he did. There is a part of me that believes, and this is new for you. <laughs> uh, this is, this is, there's a part of me believes that he didn't survive the snap. That's why huh. he doesn't necessarily have the, the glove. When, like the glove gets destroyed at the end when uh-huh. all that kind of stuff is happening. Um, in the comic book, People who get destroyed by the stones, sometimes, they're real iffy on this, but there's this whole idea of, like, there's an Elysian Fields out there mm. where everybody goes and everything's just nice, mm. and they're, like, bored or whatever, and they're just living about their deaths or whatever. It, it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a place. It's just right. a really nice garden that you live in all the time. And that's the Soul Stone. That was, yeah, they're inside the Soul Stone. Yeah. Like, there are characters that, whose origin was they sprang from the Soul Stone. <clears throat> Adam Warlock. Mm. That's the gold thing that appears at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Right. And everybody thought it was going to be in the Avengers Infinity War. But nope. Yep, James Gunn said, hell no. <laughs> He's not appearing until I play with him in my sandbox. And uh-huh. I totally understand that. Yes. But one way or the next. Um, so I think that Thanos might actually be dead. Mm. So the idea of a big, another big bad out there mm-hmm. is... and. And there's the part of the trailer where it's like, you failed, mm-hmm. and you can't live with your own failure. And yeah. where did that bring you? Back to, to me. me. Because they know he's the only one who can get the soul st- who can get the stones together again uh-huh. and fix things. So I think there's a lot to that whole idea of there's another big bad out there. Interesting. So I think that might be the case. Okay. Yeah. Right on. What was your that first? That is my spot on thing. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. What was your first comic book? Do you remember? Or what got you into comics? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. I can man- I can do that one really easily. The original get- series? Yep. Damn. I got the original series right around the same time as I got the... Be- right around the same time as the cartoon started. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like, late 80s. Yeah. And um, within, you know, a couple years of that, there was already the Ninja Turtle movie. That uh-huh. original 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live-action movie... That was a good movie. That holds yeah. up today. It does. It yeah. does. Like, the hair doesn't. But everything else <laughs> is pretty amazing, right? It is, it is a good movie because they did not make it specifically for kids. Right. Every movie since then has been targeted at the kids. That mm-hmm. first one is the only one where they're like, no, let's make it like the comic book. Raph and says, the comic damn. Book, yeah, a lot, which was so funny. As a kid, I was like... Oh, snap. This movie is edgy. Like, I thought it was so cool, right? Raphael's running around. He's like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yes, this is the best. My turtle hero says, damn. I'm going to say damn. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, that, that, was, that was probably the first thing I got. There were a lot of other things that I started to get into, and I don't know why it was, but I was like, I thought just because I grew up reading like Garfield and Calvin yes, and Hobbes. Yes, yes. Calvin and Hobbes is my Bible. Mm. I love that Pardon me. I love that series more than anything else. Mm-hmm. 
So for some reason, I had it in my head where anything that you read that's pictures, words together should always have some kind of anthropomorphic thing. Okay. And so I found Ninja Turtles at this weird moment, and I was like, this is amazing. Uh (laughs) And then I got on this kick where I was like, I was looking for comic books, but I was like, I see no animal people in that. Mm. And before I became a furry, thank God, I didn't know what that that was. (laughs) But I started just to find other things. Like There were a couple of them where I was like, I bought these goofy like animal type books and i was like this is stupid Mm. but it was trying to be something it was called like brute force Mm. i've talked about this somewhere else but it was Mm. it was it was literally like like oh we take these animals that are in some way injured and we give them cybernetic upgrades and now they can think and act and talk and they have arms and legs and but it's so weird it's and it was really (laughs) dumb but I, i remember going like okay this is bad but then i started to find other things and then i started to read spider man and then the Avengers. And so my, so, but the first one was definitely Ninja Turtles. Okay. I went to my first comic book convention because I was a Ninja Turtle fan, and I heard that conventions had things you couldn't find anywhere else. Yeah. And so I went there, and I remember seeing a very first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the the Mirage Studios, Uh and... I didn't know it at the time, but it was like the fifth printing. So it's not like it's a valuable <laughs> one. It sure. really isn't. But it mm. was up there, and it was like 10 bucks. Mm. And I was like, I was a little kid. Yeah. I was like, I want that. And so I, I, that was the first comic book I bought with my own money nice. at a convention. Like oh, I was dude. so stoked for that. And I got that. Fast forward to 2015, mm. 15, 16, Kevin Eastman shows up at one of the local or one of the comic book conventions that happens here locally. Uh-huh. He's been by a couple times, but that first one, uh, I got to meet him. Nice. And I, I, I was coming out. I was like, I was, I think I was still, I was coming out of my chemotherapy treatments. Oh. Like I was, I was, so I was really, I was really just out of it and weak uh-huh. and everything. I hadn't quite started the radiation, but I was like, uh, mm. and they were like, you know, if you come down, I think we can get you a spot in line. So I'm there in like, pajamas like like pajama shirt <laughs> pajama. and i've got like my book uh-huh. and my and my and like a walking stick and i like hobble in there and I'm like yeah and i'm like all right all right i'm gonna go up there and i was I, there's a picture of it where i'm like <laughs> i just have this like horrible sheepish smile because i'm like happiest moment of my life yeah Yay, cancer and so I, I, but I got a book signed by him, mm. and then the following, and I, I, and I got that book signed. It was a big collection mm. of the first run of the series, nice. and I got that one signed by him. And I just, and I, and I just got to say thank you for everything. And he was super cool about it. Oh wow! And I, that's all I could say because mm. I, I couldn't think of anything else to say. Sure. I had no energy for anything. I was just like, hey, thank you very much. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody was talking about to him about what was going on with me. Mm. So I left, and then the next year he came back because mm-hmm. he comes to this convention like all the time mm-hmm. and i hope he always does because he's the, <laughs> for that one i actually got to meet him and talk to him for a little bit yeah and i told him that story of like this was my first comp and he was super stoked and he signed it because i found it Aww. so he signed it and i have it and that is nice. my grail piece yes and i am very proud to say two other times he has come out to the islands mm-hmm. and I got to interview him nice once for the radio show and once for the comic book store that we did this whole like twitch stream of it oh dude because um Man. the hurricane lane shut down the right. convention mm-hmm. so he was like you know what I'm gonna since I'm here I'm gonna sign for people mm. so uh he went looking for a store to do that mm-hmm. and happened to be the one that I was uh, helping out with mm-hmm. and I got to sit down and actually talk to him for like 10 minutes and just like about 
anything and everything. That's awesome. Super cool dude. Yeah. Then he came back again this most recent time. Okay. And I was like, there's no way he's going <laughs> to remember me. But I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So I was sitting there at my booth for the radio station. I was like, okay, uh-huh. there's no way he's going to remember me. But he walks by because he finished at his panel. And he kind of catches my eye. And I go, oh, hey, man. Uh-huh. And he comes, he stops. And he's like, Hey, and he comes over and gives me this big hug. He's like, how are you doing, dude? And I'm like, oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And so we talk real quick. And then he walks back over to his booth. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I was so floored by that. I was like, yes. I, I was like, okay, well, now I have to go over and buy things. Yeah. Like, there's no way I'm not now. This man has the perfect sales pitch. He said, hello. How do you top that? So I go over there and I and I pick up this book of his that I have been meaning to try for a while. It's his most recent creator own thing, mm. and it's semi autobiographical. Okay, really beautiful work, and mm. it's launching another series that's nice. kind of like the Ninja Turtles ah. because it's a anyway. I want, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but um, <laughs> look for it. Radically rearranged Ronin rag dolls. Anyway, really. So um, <laughs> look, look for that from Kevin Eastman. And um, so I pick up the book and I'm like, Hey man, could I do? Anyway, I just walk up there. And uh, normally he does these little things called remarks. Like he doesn't do full sketches or anything like mm. that. But he draws the little turtle head, the, st- the standard turtle head. And since they're all from the original, they all had red bandanas. Right. And if you're just doing a sketch, you can't tell which one it is. So it's always your favorite turtle. <laughs> and and he, he, he flat out like told me that one time. He's like, so who's this one to you? And I was like, Leonardo. Like, I'm just like, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> He's like, cool. Um, but I gave him this book. And, and, and I was like, yeah, if I could, yeah, I've been meaning to read this, blah, blah, blah. So he does a little uh, remark sketch of one of the ragdolls, mm. one of the new characters. And he signs it, and he stops, and he goes, and in my head, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And he stops, and he looks at me, and he goes, do you want me to make this out to Matt or to Hazmat? And in my, and like, if I could have gotten away <laughs> with shitting myself. Uh-huh. I would have, mm. like unabashedly. Like, yeah. it, 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 I was like, he remembered my mm. name. I feel like someone else talked to him first and like whispered it to him. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to know the magician's <laughs> trick. I'm just amazed <laughs> that the magician did the freaking trick. Yeah. So he says, you want me to make this out to matter to hazmat? And I'm like, uh, 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 whatever. What, 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 what? I'm trying to be cool and I'm failing. I'm like, hazmat, do it to hazmat. Wow. <laughs> yes. So he makes it out to hazmat. I'm just like, this is the best ever. <laughs> I have got to meet, I've been fortunate to meet some really cool people, mm. music, creators, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But for, I mean, when I, when I first met him and first got to interview him, like mm. that was my first thing. I was like, I just want you to know before we begin, you're responsible for me being the way I am. And he's like, <laughs> oh crap. And I'm like, yeah, that's on you. So I mean, so that, that one probably meant the most to me. That's that was great. super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So there you go. So the Ninja Turtles meant the most to me of anything. Mm, but mm-hmm. if you're talking like favorite singular superhero, mm. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. Close second would be Batman. Mm, mm-hmm. That kind of thing. But Spider-Man. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite in middle school, all through high school. And every time I would quit and then come back to comics, it always be back to Spider-Man. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. he, he, he's just perennial. Like he's yeah. always there. He's always like you. You kind of know the deal, no matter what. I got emotional during Into the Spider Verse because that I, movie was so scary good. Yeah, yeah. that 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 was almost disturbing how well they pulled that movie <laughs> off. Like I, I love like you know the the new generation of stuff. It's my first time being exposed to Spider Gwen. I'd only mm-hmm. heard rumors of um, uh, Peter Porker, Spider Ham. 
But he's been around since like the yeah, 60s. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Black Noir. But like seeing um, Pete, which I don't know, the um, Jake Johnson Spider-Man. The, the oh, Peter, Is Peter it B? B. Parker? I guess so. Peter guess. Benjamin Parker, the schlubby yes. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, that was the Spider-Man I grew up with, I felt like. Yeah. You know, like he was the guy that was like, he makes jokes to h- cover up the fact that his life is kind of shitty. Right yes. Now, but he's still going to do the thing that he needs to do. Yeah. It was so pitch perfect. It was amazing. And Miles Morales as the yes. kid that was trying to figure it out was so pitch perfect. Yes, yes. Nicolas Cage as <laughs> Spider-Man Noir was fucking inspired. <laughs> like, yeah. the, and, and I can't think of anything more beautiful than this guy obsessed with like, like dark gloom. Like he's just so <laughs> overplaying it that mm-hmm. it's a commentary on Batman and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and then in the end, he's just obsessed with like a Rubik's Cube yeah. because it's the only thing with colors. Uh-huh. Yes, it was so beautifully done. <laughs> On the post credit scene, Spider-Man 2099. Okay, Spider-Man 2099, is that was the first time that I read anything Spider-Man that wasn't the original Spider-Man that was like, I, I love this. Yeah. Like, I love mm-hmm. this. There are, few, there are very few, like, I, there's a lot of books that I like, but there are very few characters where I can point to them and be like, I love this character. I can't even explain why. I just do. And... Like I said, there are certain Sandman, Transmetropolitan, Saga. Mm. I can point out to those Batman, Spider Man, and I can point to Spider Man 2099. I love that because he was the opposite of regular as we know it, Spider Man. Mm -hmm. His whole thing was that Peter Parker, very kind of theoretically meek, like he's like, look, I'm not here to rock the boat. I'm just here. I'm doing my thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm really struggling. I'm trying to get by. Mm -hmm. And then you switch on as soon as he's in the spider costume. He is making jokes. He is supremely like, hey, I like he's a fake it till you make it. Like uh, he's totally there. He's in it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And then you had Miguel O'Hara. Yep. And that was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Him as a regular person, he was asshole. an asshole. <laughs> he was a he was a good guy, but yeah. he was an asshole. Yeah. He was snarky. He uh-huh. was sarcastic. He did not give two shits. He would say whatever he wanted to whoever he wanted. He had a really good job. He was making okay money. He was fine. Like, there was nothing. And then he put on the suit, and suddenly he was deathly silent. Mm-hmm. He was very serious, and he was all about doing the work. Yeah. And I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> so when they showed that at the end, I, uh, mm. when I was going through that, I was like, this movie is pretty good. I really like it. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, this movie is great. I yeah. love this movie. Then they showed me Spider-Man 2099, and I was like, I would take a bullet for this movie. <laughs> it might have hit me harder than Infinity Wars. Like, mm. it's up there. It's, yeah. it's a battle of inches. Yeah, I, I that feel that. That was so good. I totally feel that. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum. The, the distinguished competition. Mm. DC. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Oh, that yeah. Oh, oh, but that's 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 still that's still Marvel with, uh, with X Men. Yeah, yeah. X Men. I am. Ooh. Yeah. X Men is Marvel. Yes. Just to me. Lush. I like. I, I love X Men. I love X Men. First two, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I like the. Fr- I like the first one. I think two was actually better than oh, one. Much better. Yeah. Uh, the whole opening scene with the Nightcrawler fight, mm. like you could, see, like mm-hmm. there was a legitimate evolution between the first and second movies, yeah, and absolutely. I was like, third one, mm. oh, all the Wolverine <laughs> ones, mm. Logan redeemed a yes. little bit, first class, yeah, yeah first all class right. was so much right. fun, and then you see Days of Future Past, and like, uh, okay, you're, you're, you're <laughs> like you're there. 
I'm yeah. not regretting having coming to see this, but and then they give you Apocalypse, yeah. and I was like, nope, no, nope, that was sad. and this feels like Apocalypse too. Yeah, I'm like I, Dark Phoenix. And I'm fine. I'll go watch it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that they're like, you know what? Uh, there might be a few carryovers, but everything that's in the X-Men playground that Fox has, that's all getting flushed. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> Flush that shit. Yeah. Like J- Jennifer Lawrence, good. Oh, my god. Ian McKellen, good. <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart, good. Uh-huh. Hugh Jackman, good. Uh, uh, I'm brain farting. The young versions of Xavier and... Yes. Oh, James McAvoy. Yes. James yeah. McAvoy Michael and Fassbender. Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Yes. I, I I like this. I have nothing against those people. Mm-hmm. That even the act like the actor that plays Beast. Okay, oh, yeah. to, totally cool. But what a lovely someone, day. Someone, yeah, someone wiped their ass with that script. I don't know what's going on, but it's like it's like it's just not good as it could and should be. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. So long as Deadpool carries over, and they've said Deadpool's carrying over, so I'm fine. Oh yeah, he's I'm profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the only other one that might be carrying over right now is New Mutants because that's set up to be only vaguely referencing X Men stuff. Yeah. And it's a horror movie. Super intrigued by that. Exactly. Oh. If they make a horror movie, like they almost did it uh, with McAvoy and the whole split. Mm, yeah. Split? Is that what it's called? Split. Yeah. 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I got to go back and catch that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So. Anyway, it yeah. might it might be good. The, I, I brand any movie that's not mainstream MCU as cautiously optimistic, mm. and that's all I can do. Yeah, like Wonder Woman, I enjoyed. I've not seen that yet. I enjoyed, but it was very straightforward. Mm. Nothing wrong with it. It was mm-hmm. just very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquaman, don't hate me, Hawaii. I enjoyed it, but there was nothing to it. It he, Momoa is so charismatic. That there was no way that movie was going to fail, and it didn't. Yeah, he is great. He, I think that is a perfect role for him. I think he did it perfectly. <laughs> but and a friend of mine really nailed the, nailed the critique that we all were feeling about it. It was like there's no subtext to this movie. There's no twist. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing. Everything that you see is just a linear progression. There is nothing coming on. Willem Dafoe appears on the screen. I spent the entire movie going, when's this motherfucker going to turn? Yeah. Like, who, when has he become the bad guy? And then he doesn't. Nope. And I, he might in the next one because I know the character eventually goes, uh, swings back and forth. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I suffered from actor bias on that. <laughs> it didn't pay off in any way. Like, no one was anything except exactly what you thought they were. Mm. And so I was like, okay. It, again, it's it's not bad, but yeah. it's not going to make me go. There's your Iron Man, DC. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like that, Mm-mm. which is sad because I feel like they had all of the pieces in place. Mm. Henry Cavill, I think, is a great Superman. Could have been, yeah. Fo- I think he's phenomenal as Superman. Mm-hmm. I think outside of the movies, he's mm. even even better Superman than inside the movies <laughs> because someone, and I'm going to go ahead and say Zack Snyder. Completely uh, botched that. Mm-hmm. Is it's so poorly mishandled? Yeah. It, it felt so bad. And I don't care if this is an unpopular opinion. Affleck was the bomb as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I loved him as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, because he was playing old, mm-hmm. jaded. He's like, <laughs> I, like in in Justice League where he's like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah, that should have been the Batman movie mm. where he's like, look, I can't keep doing this, and he trains. 
Robin to turn into Nightwing. That's what the Batman movie should have been. I would have loved to see that with Affleck huh. because Affleck played it perfectly. He was very serious and growly as Batman. Yeah. And that was totally fine. Yeah. And then when he turned on his Bruce Wayne, he was, he was Ben Affleck. Yeah. He was, he was like <laughs> good looking, pretty suave and charismatic and a dick. Like just to, <laughs> when he's, when he meets Clark Kent for the first time, he's like, Hey, you know, he's like, I work for the daily planet. And he's like, is that the one I own? Like, <laughs> how much of a dick power play is that? It yeah. is perfect. Mm-hmm. But then everything, just the script, like, was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the world's greatest detective. And what does he do? He sends an email to Wonder Woman going, who are you? <laughs> is this you in picture? Oh picture is old. You is old too? Like, it's, <laughs> I, uh, it bothered me. And please, mm. Jesse Eisenberg could have been such a good Luther mm. if he had played it like he played his character and Now You See Me, mm-hmm. a smart oh. know-it-all, like, I'm yeah. one step ahead, uh-huh. smartest yeah. guy in the room. Nah, he played it like he played. He was doing a sad impression of Gene Hackman. i am got a real estate <laughs> scheme. That's literally what he was doing. I'm going to make new land. Mm. Fucking shut up. What did you think of Superman Returns? Oh, the Brandon Routh one? Yeah. Visually, it was perfect mm-hmm. and i thought brandon routh made a great mm. reeves-esque hero mm-hmm. but again there were things that like like superman should not have a son like that, that yeah was not, i mean they they can he, they actually have him now in the comic books uh-huh. and he's a good character mm. but i think like the way that was all set up mm-hmm. was not good yeah it, it, everything about it felt awkward it's like don't give me things and expect me to care about them before you do something that makes them worth caring about. Like you have yeah. to make that happen. Right. You, it's right. like you you skip straight ahead to like, oh, you just assume I'm supposed to like these people and understand the situation they're in. It's like I don't. Mm. I don't. Yeah. Especially if you're asking me to pick up where what is this? Uh five years after Superman four, where he fought the nuclear man? Like I don't <laughs> like this doesn't feel right. Nothing yeah. about that was done. But Brandon yeah. Routh, I thought was great yeah. as Superman. Mm-hmm. He looked it, he acted it. Yeah. It was great. And the fact that he found a home on the TV show DC Legends of Tomorrow. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> He's a good dude. He plays Adam. He's great at it. <laughs> and all of that stuff. I the that's the crazy part is that DC has done so well at television. Yeah. Um I'm I'm as much as they're su- as their total soap operas, yeah. I am a diehard fan for like Flash, Arrow, <laughs> All that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll watch Batwoman when that comes out. I mm-hmm. want to give that a shake. Mm-hmm. I've fallen off of Supergirl, more or less. Like th- th- there was like when it switched station, whatever. Mm. Um, it 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 got just I, there. I was watching too many things. Yeah. But oh my god, um, just and again to jump back to that, like oh. I will forever be a diehard Stephen Amell fan <laughs> for that. I, I, of course, I say that now, and something's going to come out, and he's going to be a horrible person or something, uh. but I don't believe that at all. <laughs> um, I don't want to anyway. But no, the dude does so much charity work. He does like the, a lot of I think it was his mom that had cancer, uh. and um, she's okay now. She's in remission. She's still alive, everything like that. Mm. And so he does a lot of work for charity, like the Fuck Cancer Foundation. Mm. And so I was like, okay, that's super cool. And he does, he, well, he did a lot of like little Facebook lives and things like that where he would just talk to people. And, mm-hmm. and so he did one and he posted up where he's like, hey, tell me your story, something like that, because he was doing some charity thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why not? And I sent him a little thing about mine. Uh, mm-hmm. Just tell him, be like, look, I, you know, I've had stage four lymphoma and 
after the treatment and everything, it came back and now I'm on this medication and it's like, I'm on this medication that I'll take pretty much forever. And they don't know what to tell me for long-term results because mm-hmm. the medication's new. Mm-hmm. They said, you'll be the long-term results. Oh, wow. That kind of a thing. So it's like, that's kind of, well, anyway, so I wrote up this little post and it was one of obviously just hundreds of replies. Yeah. Dude replied, <laughs> Stephen Amell. And it's not like he just wrote it with a little check mark next to his name or something yeah. like that. Dude did a little live video and posted it. It was him saying, wow. hey, Matt, just wanted to say blah, 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 blah. Wow. I've been trying to find that video because I lost it at some point. Mm. You know, I tried to like it and favor it and all that. Yeah. I can't find it now. Mm. I've spent the last three days looking for it, just hardcore, combing through everything that I can, and I cannot find it. But it was, I was like, well, shit. It was like, it was, that's Kevin Eastman saying hi to me. It's like, yeah. well, now that's a <laughs> best freaking sales pitch ever. All right, I'm your fan now, Stephen Amell. I'll never not be, I guess. <laughs> So for that, it was super cool. Yeah. So, um, so are you still on the that medication? Oh yeah. You're st- yeah. Wow. Um, that'll be that'll be forever. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. As long as it yeah. keeps you around. Um, and I can go into all that too, but that's a that's a way heavier subject. I didn't know if that was something. Oh well, no, to I'm, I'm near, curious. Near. I, I'm curious. Like, um, I've had a, a couple of health scares the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it turned out to be a panic attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. Went to the mm-hmm. emergency room. There's like, your heart's fine. Probably a panic attack, um, but uh, that and uh, you're on Reddit, I presume. Reddit, yeah, yeah. somewhat, somewhat. Okay, um, there. Well, is there a disease on Reddit? No, no, that no I gotta well, watch out now. Sometimes some would argue it is a disease. Um, <laughs> That's four chan. <laughs> oh, kidding. <true. laughs> <laughs> um, just like, in you know, I'm approaching forty, mm-hmm. and same. Got a got a kid, another one on the way, and just thinking about life and mortality and sure. stuff and just curious like has that how, the what you've been through the last few years how has that affected your your outlook or your i mean you're obviously not being letting it get you down um like has what <laughs> <laughs> how what does that do like, um, like, like how has how has how has your life been different since you know, the battle I have a handicap parking placard now, and that is the sweetest shit ever. Nice. If you're looking for a silver lining, <laughs> it would be the parking. Yeah. Uh, no. Um. There was there there was a weird moment, and that's that's actually going to be one of the things when I'm again a little shameless plug, but I will be starting my I am in the process of starting my own little YouTube channel. And I wanted to nice. like question answers on that type of Groovy. thing. So, um, but essentially, what it was is when I when you go through that. There's a lot of moments where you're like uh, reevaluating everything. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it was obviously the moment that I was first told mm. because it was kind of a messed up situation and how I was told. Mm. Um, my doctor was actually on vacation mm-hmm. and and said, "Okay, you'll hear from." I had I, my back had just been hurting. Mm. And they agreed to do an X-ray because nothing that we were trying was fi- was working. A uh, whole big story goes up to that, but he's like, you'll hear from my nurse unless there's something really wrong. Oh. So then two days later, I get a call from a doctor I've never met. Mm-hmm. To this day, I've never met her. Huh. And suddenly she's like, hi, Matt, you have cancer. <laughs> oh, like, like I got to imagine that's what was going on. I, like, I, again, I'm paraphrasing how all this went. but sure. So there's just that moment where you sit there and I'm like, okay, well, the next thing I need to do is call my parents. Mm-hmm. And... So now I'm acutely aware of right now my parents are sitting in their home having dinner mm. or, you know, having a nice night watching TV or doing something. And I'm about to call them mm. and drop that on them. 
Like that, so that so that's one thing where you're like, I'm I'm about to like possibly decimate two more lives. Mm. So here we go. Yeah. So there's that. There's the point where um you're walking into the chemotherapy room, and the way it, the way it's set up at the hospital that uh, I go to is that you walk past there's little stalls essentially with um you know rooms where they have like a bed or a chair and okay. you get to decide. Mm. And they ask you that every time you come in. Do you need a bed or can you sit in a chair? I always thought that was ridiculous. I was like, I can sit in a chair. That's not exactly difficult. I do that pretty well, actually. <laughs> um, so it's walk back, and then you and then you can look into it. And they all have curtains, privacy curtains, and that kind of a thing, mm-hmm. which some places don't. Some places are just cattle calls. They're just lines of people sitting in chairs with tubes sticking out of them. It's it's pretty horrible. You see that on Breaking Bad. Yeah, I was thinking that. Um, but like this one, there's privacy curtains, and you walk by. And I'm looking, and you, you can't help but look, yeah. right? You're not, like, trying to side-eye these people or get all up in their business, but there are people that are sit, that some are just sitting there, and then there's some that are, are in bed because they're too weak to sit up. Because one of the doctors flat out told me, um, there's some dude that I only went to see, like, twice, and you could tell that this guy had a fetish for Dr. House. Like, I could be as much of an asshole as I want so long as I'm right. Uh-huh. And... Okay, like every now and then you appreciate that kind of honesty. He basically said, look, what we're going to do is poison you and hope that the cancer dies before you do. <laughs> that's essentially how that's, that's broken down. Yeah. So I'm walking through and I'm watching all of these people get poisoned for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. And just to see them laying there and you're just like, most of them are old. When I, when, when I got my cancer, I was, um, I was, Sorry, mm-hmm. I've got to do the math. I was like 34, <laughs> 35 years old. Mm. So that's pretty, yeah. So that's uh, like in the in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty young. So I'm walking through and a lot of them are people that are up there like um, late 60s, 70s, up, that kind of a thing. And to those people, when it's like, if you see that happen where it's like somebody, somebody died at the age of 74 from cancer and you're like, damn, that sucks, but that's a, that's a long life. Mm. You live the life. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking through there and it's like, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Mm. That's that's what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching these people and they can't even sit up and I and I and I instead of thinking like oh poor me and poor them, you start to think I'm really lucky that they don't share this room with the pediatric ward. Mm. Because think about that. For as many people that like if the few people that are in my middle age group that are that are also getting cancer right now, somewhere out there there's a little kid. Mm-hmm. I mean newborns to, you know, 17, whatever you, whatever you consider kid range to be. Yeah. And they're out there and that, that they're going through that. Mm. There, there's a little seven year old right now that's attached to yeah. tubes and can't sit up. Yeah. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to be all like doom and glower, no, no, but no, it's no. just one of those things where you're like, how, like in a way, how lucky am I? And also in a way like, so what's being done? And is, is, is there something that you actually can do? Cause the big thing that you that that carries over into my point of all this is that you feel useless. Mm-hmm. You feel largely helpless for a good chunk of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people I um, I know who have been diagnosed or that I've met because of the diagnosis, they're all like, "I really want to get back to work." That sounds stupid. And some of them are like, "I don't even really like my job, but I want to get back to work." Mm-hmm. And it's not because suddenly you have this renewed sense of purpose. It's that you hate feeling useless Mm. you hate feeling helpless Mm. so it's like what can you direct anything for suddenly you have this need where you have this acute understanding of like 
I need to make something. And it's that weird idea that, you know, like Greek mythology, the idea of like, no one's actually immortal. You're only known if your legend is known. Mm. So it's like, what have I done? What am I doing to actually make myself feel like I'm worthwhile right now? Mm. And if I die tomorrow, how do I make it so that there's enough people attending my funeral? Mm. That kind of a thing. Like, how do you make, like, maybe you care, maybe you don't. That's, that's, that's a thing. Everybody has their own way of dealing with that. Yeah. So there was this point where I was like, just resigned. And I was pretty good. I was like, okay, this is me. This is me. And I'm, and that's going to, that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it was. I, I, my perspective started to change is like, well, I don't really give two shits about a lot of things. Hmm. And I don't really, like, a lot of things that used to make me really nervous or scared or doing whatever, it's like, don't care. Hmm. Don't care. And that's become kind of a mantra. If I talk to, you know, my mom or something like that, and my, my folks helped me so much through this whole thing. Hmm. So it's like, if ever it's like we catch ourselves, well, this happened and this happened and the tire blew and I had to, go and do this and my boss is angry and blah, blah, blah. Someone who always has to stop and go, it's not cancer. <laughs> and it, all right, yeah, that, that fucking writes the ship real quick, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's true, it's not. So it's like you, you stop caring in a really wonderful way. Mm. You actually, it, it's a weird perspective bonus for that. Mm-hmm. Stop caring in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. And then there is this weird moment where it's, <laughs> it's really easy to fall back into the things that maybe you're like, oh, I wish I'd, didn't do that anymore uh like and again this is a totally positive thing i always say these things and it sounds like the opposite but this is a very positive (laughs) thing um i didn't have i I didn't have a relationship at the time like it i I wasn't you know involved with anybody anything like that Mm -hmm. so i was pretty fine with everything being like all right it's gonna be me sure i'm gonna go through the days and whatever what like you you know you don't really have like the most attractive curb appeal on tinder if you know as like yep uh, here i am stage four lymphoma let's talk like that kind of a thing there's a lot that goes on with that and so i was like okay it's just gonna be me Hmm. and if it's just you you immediately be like well i'm set in my ways i don't really need to do much i'm okay with how everything's going Mm -hmm. it's just how it's gonna be Mm Then I had to go and get a girlfriend. Oh and she God. had to go and be awesome. <laughs> and then I had to go and fall in love. Like, it was this whole thing where it's like, oh, uh, now I care. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so difficult. Like, you know, like, mm. suddenly it's, oh, okay, well, I was so comfortable. And again, creative types, you know, that comfortable is really alluring. Mm. It's also really fucking bad for you. Yeah. It's really bad for you. So um, I was really comfortable in that sense of just being like, it's just me. I'll do me. That's it. Uh-huh. And so now it's like this weird learning process where it's like, oh, crap. I really want to make sure I don't I don't mess this up. Mm. Because now it's like my life is not just my life anymore. Yeah. It's now incorporated into this larger relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's another perspective change. There's... So many more. Mm. I, I, I'm not going to get into all of them, but those are probably the big ones. Oh, that's think, great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I want to do more like question and answer type of stuff for any of that because mm. um, just to give a little shout out and just to whatnot. Um, Crystal Whitmire, did you, ever, did you know her? Super CW. I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. CW. She, uh, uh, she, had the, she, she made a movie. And um, that it's actually debuting, or it debuted last weekend mm. at HIF. There's going to be another showing this weekend. I'm going to try and make that mm. um, one way or the next. But uh, 
basically what she decided to dedicate her life to was was um, helping out other people, you know, in, in as much time as she had left. And I was like, I was doing my own stuff, but I was like, I wasn't going big. Mm. She went big, and I really respect that. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's something to think about in my own small way. I'm not going to ape that. I'm not going to go out there and do what she did. You yeah. should not do that anyway. Mm. So I'm like, what do I do? And yeah. I just want to do little things that I can. If it's small, even if it never hits that level, mm. that's fine. I don't need to hit that level. Mm. I just want to kind of do what I can do. Mm-hmm. So I, I – and. I always try to re- lean on jokes for stuff like this. Sure. It was kind of an interesting thing. Um, when I first told a couple of my friends, I was really nervous to tell them mm. because there are certain people that to this day, like I never heard from them for the, for the entirety of the chemo treatment, anything like that. Mm. And part of it is like, I'm, I'm really kind of pissy and angry about that, that I, they didn't have the wherewithal to come say hi or anything like that. <laughs> At the same time, you think from their perspective, they're probably terrified yeah. and they don't know yeah. what to say. Yeah. And so that's fine. Yeah. I totally get that. So I was nervous uh, and I knew that was going to be the case going into it. They kind of warn you about that stuff. Mm. So I was really nervous to tell a couple of my friends. And the first thing that happens is that one of my friends just totally just turned it into a punchline. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just want to know I've been diagnosed with cancer. And I was like, oh man, I'd invite you over for dinner, but I guess you're already guess you've already got the cancer. I don't need to give you anything. Like, you know, it's just like, it was really, it was really stupid. And that wasn't the exact joke because Uh, it kind of made fun of things. But one way or the next, it was, um, I was, I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay. Yeah. It it was such this deflating, nice moment. Mm -hmm. So just to go back, like, um, before I even got the diagnosis, I, um, I was trying to help out with certain charity groups, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that I absolutely love working with is St. Baldrick's, St. Baldrick's oh. Foundation. Uh-huh. They specify, again, in children's cancer research and fundraising, mm-hmm. what they do. And it's actually coming up this month. What you do is you try and start a team, people to donate, and then on the day of, you get your head shaved. Mm. I usually wear my head shaved anyway, so I'm, I'm all about that. I was just like, hey, it's free haircut. <laughs> if I can raise some money for doing that, that's fine too. Yeah. So... I love doing that. And I was doing that for about a year or two before I got my diagnosis. Mm. And one of the funniest moments was, was um, again, I was working at the at a comic book store at the time. So I would go in, blah, 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 blah. And right after I, or actually right before I started chemo, I was like, all right, I'm going to get into the mood. I got I to gotta set the tone for this. So I got in front of the mirror and I shaved off all my hair. And I was like, because this is what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I'm like, I'm totally bald. I am rocking a full breaking bad look. Like uh-huh. I even was like, I got a pork pie hat. I like, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm wearing <laughs> oh, button down yeah. shirts. I was like, own this. Mm-hmm. And so I walked and so I walked in, you know, bald head and everything. And this was the first time that I'd done that after this, but the, it, I wasn't new for me to be bald. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of the, one of the guys at the store goes, Oh, Hey man, is it about that time of year again? I said, yeah, yeah, it is. And he goes, he's like, man, you're really into that, right? And I go, yeah, I won the door prize last year. And he didn't get what I was saying. <laughs> and he's like, really? What's that? I was like, yeah. I was like, I, cancer research funding went so well that I got my own. And he's like, awesome? Like, he didn't realize what I was doing. He's oh like, God. huh? I was like, I had to treat it like that. Otherwise, it's yeah. just, yeah. It's, too, it's too much. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it so takes the power away. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so that that's that's the other part where it's like, 
there's a really strange balance. Like if for me personally, you can tell a joke about pretty much anything mm. and I don't really care. Mm. I, I get it. I know that it's intended to be a joke. All I want to know is like what you're saying. Is there something malicious behind it? Right. Or are you trying to be funny? If you're trying yeah. to be funny, say whatever you want. I really mm. don't care. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I'm also like, I don't know your fight. So I've, I've also like tried to pull back on telling certain jokes, mm. which I've always found really weird because I have this long legacy amongst all the people that I know of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I got the name Hazmat. Oh, okay. That was one of the big things. Well, <laughs> that and 9-11. I can get into that. But, um, <laughs> but it, was, it was wrong thing at the wrong time. And, it's, and this weird thing started to happen where it's like as Hazmat got more kind of in industry type of a thing, it's like Matthew now says way worse shit than Hazmat ever does. So <laughs> I don't really know how to make of it. Uh. <laughs> but again, perspective change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That's great because you can you know easily just fall into letting it get you down. And oh, and that happens. It yeah, happens. I don't. Oh. I don't want to in any way pretend or make like oh i've got this figured out mm. cancer's a walk in the park if you got some jokes like no it's not mm. it at all oh yeah there's more than a few nights where it's like i was i was really lucky to have my my mom come out and help me for about month month and a half when it when like the chemo first started oh. so that was all great but the first two or three chemo treatments are not the worst mm. It gets worse as you go, but then mm -hmm. she has to go. So there were more than a few nights where it's like you're sitting there alone mm. in your studio apartment mm -hmm. where it's totally dark and you're on your couch and you do not have the energy to stand up and go get the glass of water that you really want right now. Mm -hmm. So it's just like those are the moments where you're like, all right, kid, uh, there's, there's a little bit of fuck my life going on right now. I, I, and, I, you know, and you start to sink a little bit into that. It is completely unavoidable, mm. but it's also one of those things where I don't—I forget how the saying goes or who said it. It's like if you're halfway through hell, keep, keep going, going because it's Churchill. It's the only way out. There you go, Churchill. Yeah, that's mm. what it was. That, yeah, yeah. Pat Churchill, not Winston. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, gotcha. Uh, well, that's great. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. No, I, don't, I don't know what to follow <laughs> yeah, that, I do, honestly. I, that's the other thing. Is like I'm always kind of hesitant to bring it up because I'll talk about it, but it's also like, well, now I've turd it in the middle well, of the no, room. I feel like deal with that. I feel like that shit needs to be out in the open. Yeah. You know? not, yeah. Not like just blah, but right, you know, right. it's like mental health is like another thing that's like big for me and sure. destigmatizing it. And, sure, um, sure. That was yeah. that was actually a thing for me because mm. um, I've never really talked about this, but hey, why not? Let's go for it. Yeah. Um, afterwards, I was like, I keep thinking along these lines and along these lines, and I, I was, I'm, I've never been the depressed type or anything along those lines. And, mm. I, and what I was feeling, it didn't seem like depression. Okay. But I was like, I, like, I don't know why I'm anxious in these types of situations, why... I just don't like these types of other situations when before they were never a problem. Mm. Like, I just, I don't know what's going on and I need to, like, make some sense of stuff. Mm. And I was actually told by my oncologist, it's like, you know what? You've had cancer. Go see a therapist. Sure. And I'm like, oh. why? Like, because I'm <laughs> one of those people that's like, I'm 100% down with, if you need to see someone to talk, mm. do that. But I'm like, why would I need to? It's like, 
you've been through something and it's like there's so many things that someone could anything ranging from like PTSD, which I don't have, mm-hmm. to survivor guilt. I don't oh. think I have that either. But I mean, just all those types of things. It's like there is this complex, weird WTF that your body and mind just went through. Mm-hmm. And you're not done. And you're going to be tricked into thinking that you're done. Mm-hmm. But you're not, especially yeah. me. Because that's the whole point. It's like um, I went through the the chemo. I went through the radiation. And I like it's nothing but side effects after that. Mm. Don't let anyone ever tell you that it's the treatment and that's that. Yeah. No, it's side effects forever. Oh. So you deal with that for yeah, and <laughs> until you're gone. Mm. And um what uh what it ends up being is okay, you gotta deal with all that stuff and you just need to I brain farted. <laughs> <laughs> I do that from time to time. Can yeah. I brain can I do chemo brain still? No, no, no. Uh, but um, I went through all of that, and I started immediately doing bucket list stuff. Oh. I even started talking with my friends. I was like, okay, so this is how I need your help. I'm going to get a motorcycle license. <laughs> I want to start riding. I want to start doing that. I want to blah, blah, blah. And I'm listing off all this stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. I need you guys to help me out. Like, what can I do to sell off some stuff and raise some money? Because I want to travel. Mm. Like, something. Like, Suck I just, the marrow out of life. Yes. Yeah. I, and so I start to get frantic about it almost. Like, Manic. I want to do these types of things. Now, mm. it wasn't going so far as where I'm like, you know, put me in debt. I'm, you yeah. know, taking this trip, you know, sure. nothing like that. But I'm just like, I start to try and realistically, what do I need to do to make these little things happen? Mm. So I was feeling awesome. And I go into my doctor's office. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, it's back. Mm. Like, oh, oh. so speed bump. Um, And what happens then is like, okay, do I have to go back through chemo again? And he's like, no, we, we're not, we can't put your body through that again. No, mm. you're not going to do that. So there's this brand new drug, this brand new medication, this brand new pill that's only recently been brought on, like approved by the FDA. It's, Mm. you know, all of this stuff. And again, no Mm long-term results. We have no idea. All right, this is, you can now jump on this and let's see what happens. Mm. It's like, what if it doesn't know? I was like, well, no, if it works pretty quickly. Mm. So I start taking that. Mm-hmm. I've got to make this phone call to the mainland every month so that they can send me my stuff. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I start taking that, and it works. And it seems to be working. And I go through this whole thing, and the doctor finally says after X amount of time, where he's like, I'm now comfortable in saying that you are remission with medication. Hmm. It's like remission with a caveat. Right. Like, y- what does that mean? You know, that kind of a thing. Terms and conditions apply. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, so I, I can still say, it's like the sh- <laughs> it's Schrodinger's cancer. <laughs> Do I have cancer. I don't have cancer because <gasps> if I stop taking the pill, yeah. it might come back, but we don't know. If I stop taking the pill, it might also not come back. Right. So, I, so he even said, like, you can stop taking this pill whenever you want. Mm. Okay. What if I stop taking the pill and it comes back? Do I just get back on the pill? He's like, no, because it will be considered a treatment that ended, and now you have to do a different treatment. Ah. And I was like, does that not, is that how the medication works, or is that how the rules work? And he's like, a little bit of both. He's like, so, because after enough time, like body immunities, that kind of, any of that kind of stuff. I don't know the full of it, and I'm talking out my ass somewhat here. So he's like, what you would then have to do Essentially, we send you off to like Seattle, mm. 
you would live in a clean room for about six months where they take out your bone marrow. You have no immune system and they basically clean and try and reboot your bone marrow. Then they'll put it back into you and then hopefully you're cured. Not cured. They don't like to use the word cured. That was the one thing I was told. They don't use the word cured. Mm. But then hopefully you're fine Mm. for question mark amount of time. Right, right. And so I was like, Okay. Give me some water. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so my other option is to just keep taking this pill forever. And he goes, yeah, mm. I'll take the pill. Mm. That's essentially how that goes. It's like birth control every day. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Until you decide that, okay, risk versus reward. This yeah. is how it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And no crazy side I've never effects. talked about that before. So I was, oh. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little off put by all that. But yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. yeah. No crazy negative side effects you feel from it? Um, you don't have to talk about it, but it seems like it's a medical I think, pill. yeah, I'm real hesitant about that because, because essentially what the pill is is a low-grade type of chemo. Hmm. So while there are certain things like I don't get sick more than I used to, mm-hmm. but when I do get sick, mm. it hits harder. So, like, I'll have a cold like anybody will have a cold or a yeah. flu like anybody will have a flu. Uh-huh. But if something happens where you get, like, an infection from a cut, mm. it's not like, oh, take some antibiotics and you're fine. It's yeah. like, get into the hospital. Whoa. Yeah. Like, last, in, in early 2018, I was in the hospital for, like, a month. Mm. I didn't know why. Yeah. I didn't even, well, that's not true. I didn't, it's not that I didn't know why. It's just that I went in and I was like, this hurts. And they basically looked at it and they were like, all right, so we need to do a little bit of an operation to open this up and see what's going on. It's like in my legs. Like, okay, we're, so we're just going to find this, blah, 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 blah. We'll make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it created, it was a month. It was a month of like three surgeries and wow. just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Dang. And it just became one of those things like, I am not, I, I don't, I, do, I don't do drugs of any mm. kind. Like, I, I don't even particularly like taking Tylenol or mm. anything like that. I, I just, I'm not one of those types. I'm not, I don't get that type of a buzz or type of a thing. But it was one of those things where it was like, hey, you're in a lot of pain or you're about to be in a lot of pain. I'm like, why? What's going on? And something would happen and be like, okay, we're going to change the, you know, dressing. Because, you know, surgery. So it was like, mm. we're going to change the dressing. So they start to change the dressing and it was just like, fire mm. and i'm like what and they're like hold on <laughs> and morphine is amazing yes <laughs> magic morphine it is like it is not something that i'm like even now if you're like dude you want to get some morphine i'm like no i'm good yeah. but in the moment yeah. you're like wow uh, yeah. like it, it, it's just this immediate because here all the way that the way all those things affect me is as and again, medication, I've never done recreational stuff, mm. but the way all those medi- the medication ones, they're never like, I feel good. <laughs> it's, it's never hit me like that. It yeah. feels me as like that. Hey, guess what? You're not in pain. Yeah. And that's, <gasps> that's, to me, that's like, that. it's like, oh my God. Yeah. After how long of all of the side effects and all of the everything that goes on. Because mm-hmm. I, there's a whole thing about this, but um, the, uh, I found out that I had cancer because my back broke. Ah. I'm two inches oh. shorter than I used to be. Oh, yeah. Wow. I no longer have an L1 vertebra. The word they like to use is shatter. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> so um, 
but, but so it's it's like every now and then it's just like high pain. There it is. Uh-huh. And if it's been, you know, four or five years since that, and yeah, if you do something where it's like, hey, you don't feel pain right now. Mm-hmm. And and you can sleep for an uninterrupted eight hours. And uh-huh. I'm like, talk to me, Mr. Yeah, Magic uh-huh. Pill. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so I, I, again, I don't have these drugs and I yes. don't need them. I don't want them. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, in the hospital, oh my god! Yes. So there is this weird, perverted thing where it's like you're gonna have to stay overnight in the hospital. There's a little part of me that's like, <laughs> sleep, sleep, sleep's gonna happen, sleep. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Hey, I don't have to keep worrying about my own health because you're gonna worry about my health, right? right. Sleep. Mm. God, one full month of watching nothing but like NCIS reruns and bizarre <laughs> foods. Like it was just. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, hospital's a hell of a drug. well that's that's kind of like why i like um i can only think of like firefly and serenity you know these productions that uh don't shy away from having fun and you know lighthearted and witty Mm -hmm. whatever but also don't shy away from like heavier themes or like actual stakes that you feel for these characters right right and um are you a fan of the tick I love the tech. Have you been watching it on Amazon Prime? I have watched the first season. I haven't yes. watched the second season yet. Um, yeah, it just came out. So yeah, yeah. Um, but like with that, it's you know part farce, but also part real drama. Yeah, and and yeah, consequences. Not just like, like the Fox cartoon, which was amazing, where just silliness happens, but yeah, like people actually get hurt and killed, and yet the tick is like, oh, that's justice. Uh, yeah, doling out her sweet sweet cakes. Exactly. <laughs> the idea that like. Was it Arthur's father? Oh yeah, he's murdered. Oh my god! By the big bad, and uh. the big bad is like disturbingly like this nice, charismatic guy, but is also creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I like the whole idea about how no one's a hundred percent sure if the tick is real <laughs> right. or a figment of Arthur's imagination. Because uh-huh. like, oh god, it's it, he's doing his coping mechanism again, yeah. and you're like, oh, so he has a history mm-hmm. of some shit himself. Yeah, and you don't even know a couple of points, mm-hmm. but yeah. I love that show, yeah. Yeah, and and the whole thing about you know, like out of Arthur's trauma, you can mine some genuine comedy gold. Yeah, <laughs> comedy gold. Yep. Yes, uh, so to speak. Um, not to make light of actual trauma. Anyway, um, yeah. Go ahead and make light of actual trauma because you kind of need to sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we're at this. I think this is the longest episode we've done so far. We're at an hour thirty-seven. Good. Bye. Yeah. yeah. I can keep going. That's the disturbing <laughs> part. So is there anything else? Movie. Please, by all means, if there's anything else, just rattle I would something up. I'd be so off. sad if I didn't bring up Game of Thrones. Oh. Do you watch? No. Oh, this is the oh, worst day of my life. Me too. No, I know both of you. Yeah. No. I was like, I know I can't talk to Cliff about it. Please tell oh. me that. No, I, I, I actually, it's like in my queue of like, I'm yeah. going to binge this. And it will happen. I, happen. I feel so bad because the, the moments that I have seen of the show are so good. Mm. So I know I want to watch it. And I know I will love it once we, I do watch it. you've watched like pieces of episodes with friends or just yes. like online? It, it'll be like pieces of episodes or like yeah. someone will come and visit and they're a diehard fan. And so they turn it on. I'm like, what am I looking at here? Oh, this is what's going on. I don't know what three of those words are and they yeah. seem like important words and then a dragon shows up and I'm like, that's rad. Yeah. And then like, okay, so this kind of thing. And I was like, okay, so I would like this. Oh, you would. If I knew what was going oh, on. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Five more days. Uh, yes. <laughs> Five more days, the new season. I've been watching the cast go on their, their press run, yeah. on talk mm. shows and stuff. I'm just nostalgic for the past six years. <laughs> it's been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to it. That's the, uh, that's the other part. There's, a little, there's something about it where I'm like, I know I'm going to be way too invested. You know, there's certain mm. things that I purposely will avoid because I know I'm going to get too locked in and, um, and just yeah. obsessed with it. Mm. There was, a, for a long stand time, I refused to play World of Warcraft oh. for that reason. It's <laughs> like, so, come on, you should play. I was like, I know I should play. That's why I'm not. Yes. I know it's going to be real bad. <laughs> uh, I actually never have, still to this day. Oh. I never have. Mm. Even though they made a full race of characters that are panda people, which is built for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Kung Fu Panda, by the by. Oh, yeah. One of my that was a favorites. great great flick. All three of them were really good. Like, that was a mm. solid full story arc. I was really happy with that. Mm. That and How to Train Your Dragon. That yeah, was another, that that was another good one. Mm-hmm. Really? The third one I just saw recently for that one. And mm. I was like, you know, I'm not looking to have my worldview rocked here. Yeah. But I would like some closure. And that's what the movie was. So I was pretty happy with that. Nice. Yeah. Isn't there a new one coming out? Oh, the third one just did. Oh, yeah. Is that How the to Train Your Dragon? About? Yeah. Oh, I we third one just did. Yep. Gotcha. Came out a little bit ago. But yeah, I'm I've I'm kind of behind. Like I hate to say this. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna have to like have my nerd card on suspension for the Game of Thrones things and for the <laughs> I still haven't seen Shazam yet. That's been out for a couple weeks, oh. a week. No, just week. this past Friday. Oh, it was just this past Friday? Okay, yeah. so I'm not that behind. Give me my card. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. That has but really f- good reviews. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be amazed if that's the movie that starts the linchpin, <laughs> if that's DC's almost Iron Man type uh, of thing. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. Sure. I would be really happy with that because mm. I, I, there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. Cautiously optimistic, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody went gaga for Aquaman too, and again, I liked it, but yeah, this is a solid like B B minus movie for me. About Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Mm. It's gonna be good. <laughs> I have no idea what to make of that. Yeah, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that I've seen pointed out with like I've seen a couple of industry articles that point this out, and I think Kevin Smith did too, where he's <laughs> like, the guy's name is Arthur Fleck. A Fleck. Are they saying Affleck and they're like doing a dig? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's interesting because they actually gave him the name. They actually gave him the name Arthur Fleck. Like one of the things about Joker was that you don't know. You don't, you don't know. Yeah. They're starting to reveal more of that in the comic books. But like mm. the old Jack Nicholson Joker, he was Jack Napier. Yeah. They knew like they knew that and they just that didn't hurt anything. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, not a big deal. Yeah. Um it looks like it's really amazing psychological breakdown. Yeah. I'm super stoked to see that yeah. because he, I, I like the idea that it plays off one of those linchpin Joker ideas of all it takes is one bad day. Mm. Even the, uh, the Heath Ledger Joker said that it's like, you just need the push mm. like, and that's there. <laughs> so I, and I'm like, okay, I'm really into that. Mm-hmm. I understand the criticisms of it as well, though. The idea of, I don't, if you've heard this one, mm. the um, the idea of we do not need a movie that makes the Joker sympathetic, hmm. and I fully agree with that. Maybe they don't. Though. I would like it if they don't. Yeah. I really want it to be where they do, where it's like he does all this stuff, but it's 
but that was what I thought was so great about Dark Knight with the Christian Bale, uh, Heath Ledger pair is that they both theoretically, I mean, you get the idea that any of, if any of them or none of those stories that the Joker tells about his origin yeah. story, the why so serious, mm-hmm. um, if any or all of those are true or none of them doesn't matter, and then you compare that to Batman, whose origin we do know, it's like, mm-hmm. so you still had a choice and you went evil. Mm-hmm. Like, I need that delineation. Mm-hmm. Joker is one of my favorite characters of all time. Mm-hmm. He is horrible. He is not to be looked up to, right. not to be idolized. Yeah. I totally get the idea, though, behind what it is, is because with only a slight perversion, mm-hmm. I am 100% on board with the idea of, like, you just got to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up that it's got to be funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I agree with that, but then there's that point where it's like, here's the choice, and you very clearly went evil. And that's not that's the point where I'm like, and you've lost me. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be that point. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that are taking in the sense of, like, do you want a movie right now? where the villain, like this horrible mass murdering psychopath is in some way the sympathetic figure. Hmm. And then people will take it one step further of, do we need another, oh, I'm the middle-aged white guy who's been so kicked around that now I'm going to be a bad guy to lash out. And it's like, (laughs) don't we have enough of those in like fucking high schools in real life? Like that kind of a thing. And I get that. I get that. So... However, the movie is handled, mm-hmm. I'm gonna see it. Yeah, I'm gonna see it. Oh yeah, they and have I'm our money curious. Already. Yeah, again, <laughs> they they have the money already. They have our money. But I am curious to see how they handle it. Yeah, yeah. So, huh. but I, again, I love the Joker. Yeah. I, but there's always supposed to be that part where you look at him and be like, I get it. I get. I understand why he thinks why he does. But he made the choice, mm-hmm. and that's the line. That's the line. I read an interesting theory that Dark Knight Joker was former special forces in the military. And Makes sense. And suffering from PTSD, had a psychotic break or whatever, and that's how everything is so well planned, even though he says never I'm an agent of K. Do I look like I know what I'm doing? Like, yes, yeah. you do. Uh-huh. In every way you do. <laughs> yeah. You don't just calmly walk out and go, <laughs> boom, like, okay. Right. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. On one hand, it's, it's, it's interesting to get, like, little glimpses and stuff to give pathos. Right. But on the other hand, having everything explained then takes away the mystery of like, you know, what is this? And or again, that? that's why I think Dark Knight was such a damn near perfect movie. Yeah. It was so, so good. Mm-hmm. Is because it it they gave you the Joker's origin. Mm. And then they gave you the other Joker uh-huh. origin of the, and then they gave you a third one. And it's uh-huh. like that's so perfect. That's yeah. exactly what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. That's the only movie poster that I have framed mm. is Dark Knight. The one where it looks like a shower stall where everything looks like it's covered in steam and you see the Joker there kind of hunched over to the side. Uh. It's He's not in focus, uh-huh. but written in focus is in blood is why so serious and it trickles <laughs> down. It's wow. so creepy. It's one of the creepiest fo- photographs. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I don't know why, but I got that one framed. Uh-huh. That and Evil Dead, I think is the only other one. I'm a diehard Bruce Campbell fan, oh, too. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. That would be great to get him out here. I mean, where's the Hawaiian shirts anyway? He, yeah, he, well, <laughs> Sam Axe did, yeah. <laughs> I, um, do you ever have a hero where you're um, you're too scared to meet him? Mm. That might be Bruce Campbell for mm. me. Like, there are a few people that are so high up there, like, mm. and I would have thought Kevin Eastman was one of them, and thank yeah. God that went well. Yeah. Um, But, like, Steve Martin. 
Oh, I'd be too terrified. Yeah. Like he does because he, and he doesn't particularly like to do interviews about the same old shit as always. Yeah. So I totally get that. Not that I'd ever have a chance, mm. <laughs> but I would. But it's one of those people where like, I don't think I could do a good enough job to do an interview type of a thing. Right. I would just hope I could have a conversation and not piss you off. Yeah. So it'd be like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, Steve Martin, Bruce Campbell, mm. like those, those guys would be, oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to say, just be like, Hey, yeah, <laughs> I, I really like what you do. You're cool. But <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, I went to my very first con, uh, over here at the convention center with Carrie Elwes and got to meet him and I, th- I was thinking, like, you know, I want to be a filmmaker. These people are, you know, they're grown-ups, they're people, whatever. And then we yeah. get in the thing. I'm like, <gasps> yeah. hi! <laughs> and, like, yep. he was so taken with, with uh, my son, actually. And the Shirley comes over and he's like, oh, what a lovely little fellow. Da, 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 da. And he Ooh. starts talking about evolution. And, like, did you know how, how we've evolved from whatever to these little feet and, and this kind of thing? And then... Um, and like I just didn't know what to say, you know. I was just like talking all over myself. And then uh, later we met Jewel State from Firefly, Kaylee. Oh my God, she's awesome. And I was thinking like, yeah, we're peers, we're the same age, pretty much. And then I was like, I think you're great in Supernatural and Firefly, <laughs> and uh, can you sign this, please. And yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, like, there, there, there's a very, there's a very. Uh, <laughs> a very fine line <laughs> that I've had to walk on a couple of occasions. I got to meet uh, Tara Strong. Oh, yeah. The voice actress who does like Raven, like Teen Titans, and like all, all these different things. Mm. And I like, she's awesome. Yeah. She's just, like as yeah. a person, she's sure. awesome. I was, oh, and I was like, oh, God, please don't fuck this up. Please don't fuck this up. And I got to interview her <laughs> twice. Uh-huh. One of them, I think I fucked up. Uh, but whatever. She was <laughs> super, super cool about uh, it. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Um, uh, I actually got to meet uh, Felicia Day at oh, one of the conventions, dude. so I did get to talk to her. Cool. Uh-huh. And I and like I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say my stupid fan thing because she hears stupid fan things all the time. I'm uh-huh. just gonna do it. So I talked to her. And I was like, yeah. And this was right around the time that I got the morning show. Mm. So I was like, hey, I you know I just want to let you know I I read your book that you're not weird on the internet, or uh-huh. somewhat or whatever. I, I'm sorry, I'm spacing on the exact name of the title. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I read your book. Blah 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 blah. blah. And I just want to say thanks. I actually recently got morning show something that i've been trying to do for a long time on the radio and she's like that's awesome blah, blah. and like she was engaged and things mm. like that and anytime you meet someone that seems really cool and is willing to take a picture of you i try to ask if i think of it there's been a couple times where i just haven't like tara strong or something like that yeah but every time i i meet someone that i feel like i can ask this to i do this thing where i go please don't steal this idea from me people no i do this thing where i say like <laughs> could we do one picture where you look really excited to meet me <laughs> Because oh, every so single cute. one of these people, I always see them where they're where they're like, yeah, and you know it's like totally standard pose, and then the fan that's standing next to them is like, uh huh, like just <laughs> plotting themselves in joy, right. mm-hmm. and so I, I I came with this thing where I was like, hey man, could you do one where you look really excited to meet me, and some of them like totally love that, mm-hmm. and and the, and awesome. they're usually really good sports about it, uh-huh. so I got like Felicia Day do one where she's like. Like pointing at me, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And my thing is like, anytime that happens, I always do this pose where I'm like, yeah, <laughs> where I look like, I'm, like I'm smiling, but like, yeah. hey, this 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 hurts me a little on the inside. <laughs> the best reaction I ever had from that, if I could take a moment to brag real quick, please. Sting, 
Sting. Oh. Met Sting. Wait, the wrestler cool. or the singer? The singer. Oh. Super cool, dude. Uh-huh. Like, super wow. cool. He agreed to come in because, like, we were playing one of his songs. He agreed to come in. So, like, I went down and I got him Starbucks and brought him up some coffee, that kind of a thing. Uh-huh. So, he was interviewing with um, one of the other DJs. Uh-huh. And so, I'm just sitting there the whole time, like, Sting. <laughs> Sting. Yeah. Like, Police are one of my favorite bands of all time. And then he himself is so, like, I'm just like, this is amazing. Wow. And so then we did the whole thing where everybody could come by and get pictures. And take. So I let everybody go, and then I went up, and I got a picture. And I was like, hey, man, could I ask for one more picture where you look really excited <laughs> to meet me? Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work because this is Sting. Yeah. Dude, like, talks about Tantra. He is as even-keeled as possible. He was just like, yeah, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Like, he just has that presence of, like, just, I'm so right there, and I'm mm. in the middle, and blah. So I said, do one where you look really excited to meet me. He does that move where I don't, like, You've seen somebody who laughs so hard that mm. no noise comes out? Yes. Where they just go. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. Like, okay, for the audio is what he did. Is like, he bent over backwards, like, like contortionist level backwards, like, with just this big smile, like he's about to go, ha, but never does it. Just goes, ah. Like, there's no sound. He just bends over. And then when, when like, and I was like, is he going to fall? And he snaps back straight up with this dead serious look on his face, and he goes, I'll do that, but only because I'm an actor. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and it was one of those moments where I was like, I said the right thing at the right time, and I said, I know that, and I, that's why I feel comfortable asking you. <laughs> and so he goes, very well. <laughs> and he does this ridiculous, like, over-the-top pose, and oh I'm like... God. <laughs> next to him, and it is one of my prize picture possessions because everybody like everybody else from all the radio stations are standing there and they're like damn it like they're angry because they could they didn't think of anything like that uh-huh. i've been doing this bit for years so i was like sweet <laughs> like this is mine don't steal my shit yeah. so it's like he did that and everybody was like damn it that wins the internet for the day like i was yes. super stoked for that one that's I hope amazing you have that framed I don't have a frame, but I have I, I posted it everywhere. Wow. I gotta get that one frame though. Yes. Yeah. Like such a cool dude, such a cool guy. Dude. Yeah. Wow. What an actor. I feel comfortable doing that, but only because I'm a good actor. <laughs> I know that, sir. That's why I feel comfortable asking. <laughs> Did he really say very well? I yeah, love that. Something like yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. like that. It was like that. Yeah, that it was like best. it was yeah. just like yeah. coolly gentlemanly yeah. British. Like yeah, I was like. I sound suaver than oh you. And it's like, gosh. yeah, you do. I, do. I, do. I can't match that. <laughs> Shoots, brah. I don't know. Yeah. What's going on. <laughs> uh, wow. Yep. Okay. Anything else? I can. Uh, no. Oh, I don't want to keep, keep, keep you. I don't want to keep you. It's oh, all good. Um, love to have you back. Yeah, anytime. This was really fun. Yeah. Hey, I take over the show again. I, I, <laughs> are they, uh, like, I feel like I just completely dominated, and I don't. Oh. I didn't mean to do that and take no over. Let great. me know. Let me know. I had fun. Thank you so much. Oh, we had fun. Uh, where can people find you online? Oh, on pretty much anywhere you can mm-hmm. find my screen name. I make reality. Mm. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. I make reality. Imakereality.com. All of that kind of stuff. (laughs) There will be links there that shoot off to YouTube and all the other stuff as well. That is one thing. It's such a ridiculous name, (laughs) Imakereality. I came up with that in college Hmm. because of of actually a philosophy teacher. If if you don't mind me taking up a few more minutes for you. A philosophy teacher of mine uh, was talking about like, okay, 
There are certain people that we as a society agree have the ability to change reality. Mm. And everybody in the class was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and he says, well, think about it. If you were to just say, um, you're now, like, turn to the person next to you and say, you're now king. And he goes, you're now king. It's like, we all know that that's full of shit. And that's not true. Because you don't have that kind of power and you sound stupid. <laughs> and like, like, just totally set up. And he's like, but if we all stand around a preacher with two people that are completely unrelated, and he says, I now pronounce you man and wife, we all agree that these two people that are in no way connected are now relatives. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh. <laughs> so it's the combination of what we consider to be like culturally, spiritually connective mm-hmm. and legally connective. Mm-hmm. It's like there are people whose simple words have the ability to change reality for us. Hmm. I was like, that's really interesting. And in my head... Because I'm a cool college student. I'm like, writers do that. Uh, I make uh, reality. <laughs> so that's so I set up that whole thing. And the funny part is I've always thought it was just kind of like a fun thing and a talking point like this. It's mm. like, I make reality. Like, oh, really? What does that mean? But now that when anyone asks you for your email address and I sit there and go, I make reality, I'm like, I sound like the biggest D-bag. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm horrible. <laughs> And since I use it on everything, so that's how people find me, I've been using it in things like games as well. Mm. So when people find, like I play against people on like online games or anything like that, mm. I'll get killed in a first-person shooter game. And, it's, and the thing pops up and it says, you've been eliminated by, and it'll say something like, Shadow Dagger 69, uh-huh. <laughs> Wolf Lord Fang, or something like that. And I'm like, you have the dumbest name. And then I'm like, well, they have a thing that pops up on theirs that says, you've been eliminated by I Make Reality. I was like, I'm just as stupid. <laughs> I'm as bad as like XXX Shadow Lord 420 Blaze at XXX. <laughs> like that, I'm no better. And I'm like, God, I got to change my name. <laughs> so there's, a, there's like on so many of those platforms, you can't. Mm. And I've already built it up for so much. Where I'm like, I'm kind of stuck with it. But I, I mean, I love it. But I also... I do worry about that someone's just looking at it like, what an mm, asshole. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, that uh, is fitting, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're an you're, asshole, you've so made that, your that works. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yep. okay. uh, how's Locally Sourced going? Locally Sourced is doing well. Uh, let's see, we've had you on, so thank you for that. <laughs> and, oh, if you go to alt1059.com, you can find the history of all of these, <laughs> including yours. Um, let's see, we've had a Twitch streamer on for who's building a game community that's been pretty cool. We had a cosplayer on. Um, we've got a photographer up next. Ooh. Yes, and she's big on, like... Um, like body positivity and mental health and that kind of like bringing that type of thing out and so that, you know, people are more empowered by that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's boudoir photography Ooh. specifically. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, sounds awesome. <laughs> so that's gonna be, that's the next one that's coming up. I've got uh, some game developers and tech types that I'm going to be talking with. Awesome. I think there might be another, I forget if there's a writer or another movie type. I don't I'm I'm, st- I'm working on all of it. So please... <laughs> Anybody out there, if you are part of the creative community and would like to talk on the radio, hey. uh, don't worry. We don't have to do it live. We can record it in advance. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Send me an email, hazmat, H-A-Z-M-A-T-T, at I Make Reality. Or pardon me, hazmat, <laughs> H-A-Z-M-A-T-T, at alt1059.com. Yeah. Awesome. 
Very cool. Messed up my own spiel. Nah, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> well, thank you for this. No, thank you. Thank you. This is great. Yeah, this was a real treat. Yeah. My abs kind of hurt. <laughs> you never get on stage, huh? I don't. I, I've, I've been on stage and done something like comedy, you mean? Yeah. Um, I've done that three times ever. Oh, okay. And okay. It, it, it was super fun. Mm-hmm. And I haven't bombed yet, but you at the same like time. Well, we'll say, I, I don't know. I like. I, I don't it. know. I, no, I, I, I really do love it. But I'm, I'm, I'm also one of those people where it's like, if I go to a comedy show and I see like a professional up on stage, for some reason, there's always some asshole in the co- audience that's like, "This is an interactive thing," and they uh, want to heckle or they mm. want to do something like, "I've got a funny punchline too. This tequila says so," and just starts yelling stuff out. And I'm like, if that was me up there, these people like. Do just some amazing, just verbal jujitsu and like <laughs> jam, turn it into a joke and make it good. I would be up there and I feel like I would just go shut the fuck up. Like I, I <laughs> like I don't know if I have that. Mm. I want, I want to believe that I do, mm. um, and I'm sure that's a skill that just gets developed. I can't imagine that any of those people hear a heckler and they're like, "Good." <laughs> I mean, there's probably one or two that are like, "Good." My bread and butter is eviscerating morons in the audience, and good for them. Mm. More power to them. I don't. I, I, I'm sure I would have to like go through that hard trial by fire. And it's just like, is that, is that, I, and I want to do more of it, but I'm also like, I don't know. I don't know. Is, is that, is that still my goal? Like when I was a seven year old kid watching, <laughs> watching stand up comedians and thinking, this is the amazing, most amazing <laughs> thing. I want to do that. Uh-huh. I, yeah. It was one that I also used to want to be a teacher. That's why I originally uh-huh. came out here for school. I wanted to be yeah. a teacher. Yeah. And then I met the students. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's a horrible thing to say. But the very first class that I was uh, assigned to do any form of teaching or mentorship or anything like that for mm-hmm. uh, was a group of kids that um, did not want to be there. Right. So it's one of those things where I, I'm more than happy to do the work as far as like teaching and doing everything like that. I'm, I'm, I was totally cool with that. Mm. But if you don't want to be there, you don't want to be part of the audience, whether that's comedy or whether that's in school, mm-hmm. then, like, I don't want to cater to that. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't have time for that. Like, why, why would I bother that? I don't, I don't have that drive that I think makes a great teacher mm-hmm. that makes you go, how do I get through to these kids? You know, that kind of thing. Like, I don't have that <laughs> Edward James almostness about me. Where, <laughs> how do I reach these kids? Like, I don't. I don't. Like, because at the end of it, they, it was literally, like, as much as I tried, and I was like, mm. I'm going to give this one full semester or whatever uh-huh. of really, like, trying to meet these kids on their terms. And so I was. And it's not like they were ki- they were literally one grade bl- below me in college. And so I was like, all right, I'm here, and I'm doing this, and I'm like, yeah, what do you want to do? Well, how would this help you? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying to find each one of them and tailor something for each one of them. Yeah. And to a T, they were all like, whatever. <laughs> and so at the end of the class, I was like, so this is what's going on. I'm, and I basically have them all gathered there. And I'm like, congratulations. I'm recommending to all of your teachers that you, each and every one of you fail. <laughs> and they got pissed off. And then my professor was like, you can't do that. And I was like, I can. <laughs> they didn't meet any of the requirements. Uh-huh. And I went out of my way for all of them. Yeah. So I don't think you're cut out to be a teacher. And I was like, we agree. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't need that. <laughs> we agree. Uh, but every now and then you just run into teachers like that. When I was in fifth grade, I had I was a I was an or, in orchestra. 
they always like, what what instrument do you want to learn? And I was like, saxophone. They're like, you have to play the clarinet first. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> Which now I really wish I'd gone for the clarinet. But mm. I was like, I would walk it around. They're like, who wants the cello? And I was like, the hell is a cello? And it's like, it's like a halfway point between a violin and a bass. And I was like, that sounds rad. It was not. I mean, it's fine. It's a beautiful instrument. But when you're a kid and you have to carry that shit on the uh, bus, yeah. it's not fun. Yeah. And so my... Like, my orchestra teacher pulled me aside after the first, like, run of it, and he was like, you're our second best cello player. And I looked at him, and I was like, there's only two of us. <laughs> and he looks at and it's a true story, and he looks at me, and he just goes, like, slowly nods. <laughs> and, I, and I just look at him, and I go, you could just said that you didn't want me here. I quit. And I just left. Like, and I never played again. I was like, oh, oh, this guy, heavy. like, bad teachers still get through. Don't, so, like, I, I felt I was doing some future kid a favor. Uh-huh. By not being the one that's like, hey, you're the second best and uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I can relate to the teacher thing. Ten years ago, I was going into student teaching okay. uh, English, high school English. And the summer before I was supposed to do it, I watched Dead Poet Society for like the 10th time, Stand and Deliver for the first time, and Freedom Writers. Um, never saw Dangerous Minds. But uh, <laughs> all these other ones are like, you know. <laughs> Might have been what you should have led with. Maybe. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you know, just jazzing myself up. Or thinking, the substitute, maybe go. For oh, that. yeah. <laughs> I never, um, or I was thinking I was just, you know, go in and inspire the kids, stand on the desk. Oh, God, yeah. Barbaric, yop, carpe diem, all this shit. And right. um, I, I'm not a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it I, takes a very special yeah. type, and I respect it. I yeah. I just knew right away that that was not me. Yeah, yeah. That was not me. <laughs> <sighs> but you are amazing. You're great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you uh, fun to talk to, an inspiration, um, and this has been fantastic. Hey, Loved it. thank you so much for inviting me. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thank Anytime. You your time. Yeah, and we'll we'll have you back. We'll uh, do the the post mortem on uh, in game and. Please. Everything else that comes out. <laughs> Please. I'm so looking forward to Endgame. Oh, uh, we get Star Wars Episode oh, Nine this year. Yeah. And we get John Wick 3. Ah. I am so, so, so jazzed for John Wick 3. <laughs> and yeah. and next year is Bill and Ted 3. Oh we are gosh, in the yes. Keanu Renaissance. Indeed. This is the Keanu Renaissance, and mm. I am so happy to be a part of it. <laughs> it's, yes. Uh. On the, on this Keanu, I will build my church. I I, I will. I yeah. I'm 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 down with that dude. He seems uh, awesome. Yeah. He's one of the few people where it's like, of all the people, I'd be like scared to meet. Like, oh, I don't know if I'd want to. Be. Mm-hmm. Keanu, the exact opposite. I was like, man, I would totally like to just like buy this guy a beer yeah. or a kombucha or whatever the fuck he drinks. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> like, I just, he seems so cool. I just be like sit down mm-hmm. and like not talk about Hollywood, just other yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. all right well keanu is like the best point i think to end it on um thank you for watching live streamers uh we'll have the episode out uh sometime for summer Um, (laughs) yeah still working out that whole workflow thing sure sure um but yeah um thanks again anything else I don't think so. This was on? a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike last time. No, Whoa. they're all so fun. They're Just kidding. So they're all great. <laughs> I'm tired from laughing. Wait, so much. What am, yeah. why, why am I offended? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> the <right>. best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next week with uh, someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to check the calendar. Well, keep cutting a close pod on the socials. 
uh, I, not make reality. Crispy. And, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. See you next time.